Hello, and welcome to another Nine Circles audio thing. As always, I'm your host, Buke, and this is our 2022 year in we review wrap-up. Everyone's done their wrap-up, Spotify, YouTube, PlayStation Network for all the platinum trophies that Hera got that I didn't get. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> this is the Nine Circles wrap-up of our staff. As always, I'm gathered by the best writers in the business here. A couple new writers joining us again uh, to share our best albums and the best of the best for the year that was 2022. And with that said, I will introduce said writers now, starting with the first to join me today, and that is Ian on the mic. Ian, how are you tonight, sir? I was the first one to join because I was the only one who found the meeting link. So, um, yeah, I'm good. It's uh, it's it is the first day of 2023, as as of the recording of this episode. Uh, things feel much the same today as they did yesterday, but we're looking for any amount of small growth. We don't have to have like a big big 180 in in 24 hours time so we're 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 looking forward yay well my friend the years with me i spent it watching football uh watching the college football playoff games that were absolutely wild last night did you guys do anything fun last night to rein in the new year we played trivial pursuit and oh. mario kart Okay. And now was this regular Trivial Pursuit or was this like a toned down? It was it was Trivial Pursuit the 2010s edition, which mm. feels a lot longer ago than 10 years. Okay, now I have to ask who brought this to the re- relationship? Was this, well, this you? Was, no, this was we went by my by oh, buddy's house. This was okay. one of his new acquisitions. Okay, because you know collection. we we all you know with partners that we have, we all like to try and get a leg up. Like if if I'm gonna buy a Trivial Pursuit, I'm gonna challenge my wife to like Seinfeld Trivial Pursuit because she doesn't know anything about Seinfeld, and she's gonna come back with Grey's Anatomy Monopoly, and I'm gonna be. I you know, I will say the. The game that I am looking forward to playing the most with uh with with my beloved is the last podcast on the left board game that I received for Christmas. So nice. I didn't yeah. even know there was such a thing. Well, Kathleen! I, didn't either, I didn't either until until I opened it up and and there it was. And that was probably um. the the most pleasant surprise of, of Christmas Day. So uh hey, thank you for that. Thank you for that. Wow. Well, Next on my list, I wonder what was under her Christmas tree. If there was, maybe it was an Argentine victory in the World Cup. Fuck you, <laughs> Hera. That's that's coal in Fuck the fucking you. stocking. <laughs> Fuck you, <laughs> Hera. I'm let's so mad just about ta- that game, Hera. Let's just talk. That World Cup game a, was insane, wasn't what a, it? What a what a spectacular final game with a shitty shitty outcome oh dude no i the only thing about that game is that finally messi can retire and i can finally stop hearing about him like that's it that's all i'm looking forward to just him being like all right i'm retired like just leave please thank you 
Okay. Were were you in the camp that they should have called that offside at the end? Or yes, that they should have yeah. called that penalty. They should have called that penalty. We could have won that with that game. We could have won that. <laughs> I'm still mad. It's been uh, like what two, three weeks since the yeah. end. I'm still mad. I'm telling you, Mbappe played out of his mind. Yes, he did. Um, amazing. He, he really did. Amazing. Well, you know, at least it graced us with a bunch of awesome fail videos of drunk people like falling off of stop signs and bus stops and breaking their necks or knocking themselves out and stuff like that. It was pretty epic to see the yeah. celebrations there. Uh, Vince, I don't think you are. Uh, you were watching the World Cup. Maybe you were. So nope. what was under your metal Christmas tree? Oh, um, shit. Yeah, I was not watching the World Cup because we don't have much access to, like, television. I don't even know how one watches, like, the World Cup these days. Um, with your eyes. Yeah. Thank you so much. That was beautiful, poignant, succinct. <laughs> um, I don't think I got a lot for Christmas, which is totally fine with me, to be honest. Like, I got mostly just like little gifts, like cookies and candy and shit from coworkers. And then my husband made me something for Christmas in lieu of buying me something. So like, oh, I don't really nice. have. Yeah, it was. That's it nice. was very, very cool. So it was good. Now, Small, do you guys get? Do you guys get the the cat's gifts? We did actually. Oh, yeah. Nice. Well, her gift to them was to find and round up all of the toys that they've like summarily eviscerated and to buy them new toys to replace oh, them. I thought you were going to say your gift was to submit to summarily round them up and introduce them to a new cat again. Oh God, no, fuck that. No, <laughs> no more. Nothing with the heartbeat enters this house anymore. Something's one in one out. <laughs> well, absolutely not. You know, I'm going to use, you know, in the podcast, in the radio realm, it's all about, segues and i'm going to use that segue of heartbeats to say that we have a new heartbeat joining us today and that is mr dan joining us a different dan that you may have heard on other nine circles thing a mr dan kaplan we have another dan joining us dan welcome to the nine circles club sir people have already seen Thank some work you. of yours on the writing side so now we get to hear your glorious voice i don't know if it's that glorious um <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for letting me join. Uh, hopefully I won't sound as pretentious as I do in my in my reviews. But <laughs> We love pretentious here. And also, you're so far the only person who successfully combined death metal with Street Fighter references. So I hardly Thank think you. that it's that pretentious. <laughs> I'll try harder. <laughs> Dan, how, how was the fucking spirit? <laughs> how was your New Year's spent? Uh, my New Year's was spent at work. So okay. that's why we're having this. Uh, I, I blame myself that we're having this at like eight o'clock at night. But um, yeah, it was been at work last night. I was just watching movies. Okay, nothing exciting. <laughs> hey, that's yeah. that's perfectly all right after a work day. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's perfectly all 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 right. We watched, watched uh, Guillermo than... del Toro's Pinocchio, and it was wonderful. It was I'm better getting... than me. I was in Santa Monica with a whole lot of rain. Hmm. <laughs> So California is getting rain now, huh? Yes. Yeah, we're getting Finally. we're getting pissed on. Hmm. Yes, we and are. it's going to Very it's going to continue so. all throughout next week too. 
spot. Mm-hmm. But you know what? When it's drought and stuff like that for so long, nobody's complaining though, right? Uh, you'll be surprised. Oh. <laughs> I, I, drive you. I, I work in a water testing lab, so we get it's really bad for us when rain happens. So I, I can't enjoy rain anymore because it means you know multiple hours of overtime usually. Somebody has a white noise machine on and it's rain falling, and Colin's like, "Now make it stop." Exactly. <laughs> well, you just heard him again, Dan. Welcome aboard. You just heard him there, the Rain Man himself, Colin. How are you today, sir? <laughs> the Rain King. Uh, I'm good. I'm good. good. Uh, yeah, I didn't do anything particularly exciting for New Year's, but I saw Avatar yesterday. Oh, and it was it was all right. You know, stories about this about as standard as the first one, but the visuals were you know epic. And if you love whales. Uh, it's the movie for you. <laughs> is 3D still a thing for it? It is, but I just watched it. It's, it's this local theater. They have a thing called, they call Cine One XL. It's basically like half an IMAX screen or three quarters mm. of an IMAX screen, basically. But it, it wasn't also in 3D. I feel like I did see the first one in 3D, you know, in 2009. But I think now I'd probably like, it probably hurt my eyes too much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, yeah, and I, I came home and watched Master and Commander, which is like the I ultimate dude's rock movie. It I was, love that yeah. movie. Love <laughs> yeah. that damn movie. Yeah, that's, a, that's was, a good one. I haven't watched it in a while. Yeah, this is only the second time I'd seen it because the, the first time that I saw it, it was a cool story. My grandpa lives down in San Diego and he said, hey, I've got a surprise for you guys. So we just show up to his house. He just puts on the movie. You know, we watch it. It's, you know, awesome. It's great. I've never seen it before. And then he takes us down to san diego harbor and the actual ship from the movie the surprise is there so we got to go on the ship that day which was that was really cool that is that is epic yeah i i may need to watch that again because i it has been a, a while since i've watched it. i'm a big russell crowe guy i was yeah. gonna say that's russell crowe right yep. yeah R- russell crowe and paul bettany yeah yep. paul bettany does surgery on himself yep <laughs> yep yep uh, it's yeah uh, it, it holds up very yeah. well well She's getting coal for me next year because I don't have a last podcast game under my tree. Angela, welcome aboard. I'm just joking. As always, I love the kid. How was your <laughs> New Year's spent? Did you complete your little... Do the Trivial Pursuit still do the little pie piece? For, did you complete your pie piece and win last night? Or did you come up short? You, I don't know anything. Um, you know. have to understand that, like, there's no one on planet Earth that excels at games where you have to remember useless bullshit than, like, our fucking family. No one. Yeah. So, like, they were asking who was the real pursuit, Jeopardy. Like, we would be millionaires if we had the wherewithal to apply for Jeopardy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got two wedges and one of them was for music and I forget what the question was, but the answer was the recording label fueled by ramen. So, <laughs> so uh, I did. Okay. But not great. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, oh. it was fun. <laughs> good, 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 good. Board games yeah. and champagne bubbles can't go wrong. So. Angela, I wanted to mention real quick to you guys and everybody here, you know, while we're mentioning about games and stuff like that. Have you guys seen the new Among Us that's out? That's Goose Goose Duck. 
No. No. It's like I it's you were like yes. say the hide and seek version. No, no it's like yes. Among I Us. I have seen it. It's like Among Us, I but have. with geese. But yeah, geese. it's like up. It's going up the Steam charts now. What? Yep. Okay. Yep. And there's more roles <laughs> and all that stuff. Yeah. So. so if you don't you like fight? the fact that it's that it's space aliens, you can just always use the geese. So do you play as you play as a goose? And mm-hmm. do you get to like yeah. dress them up and stuff? Yeah. You get to be a goose. And then the pe I guess I be a goose. The, so your ducks, I guess, is like the crewmate, and then the geese are the imposters. I think that's how it goes. Yeah. I, and so I super have- love that your like one priority in this was do you get to dress it up? <laughs> yeah, you get to be a duck and a goose. This okay, like we were talking about this yesterday. You need to play Untitled Goose Game. Yes, you very yes. much I, do. That's yeah. that's also on my, so. on my list. It's so yeah, it's so good. I need to know good. my little so goose can fun. have a little witch hat and you know whatever <laughs> you, else. So. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think you can. Cool. You have a brand to maintain. Well, yes. my friends, <laughs> as we you know, we could talk games for hours, but you know, wrangle this back before I get off track even more as I like to do. Five games of two. 2022 everybody exactly you know if, if you if, look at my I mean, it was my, hades, 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 right hades hades and hades i was gonna say if you look at my steam year in review it's just gonna say you only played hades that's <laughs> it you only played hades mine, was, mine is you only Pokemon played or... transistor and you platinumed it like a dork <laughs> pokemon dan there are let's let's just bring you into the fold real quick Do, did you play the new pokemon that is getting so much hate no i played I yes. I'm probably going to Arceus, I think. Yes. Mm. I have my own Snorlax squad. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. The okay. Most, so you're going to fit in well here, Dan. You're going to fit in well. Okay. So we did start playing Hades at the end of the year. So uh, Nice. Nice. Can, can somebody right. with a better memory remind me, what was 2021's Nine Circles album of the year? Oh, that is an excellent question. Like, was it Mastodon? Mastodon? I, I think it was, yeah, it was Mastodon. Mastodon? I saw that. Yes, I, I believe it was Mastodon. And... I don't okay. really. I'm gonna look. Well, as you it. guys, <laughs> as somebody looks that up for me to let you know what we all do here at Nine Circles, real quick. Our writers, myself, you know, some of the ma- editorial management staff, you know, Corey, Chris, Dan, everybody gets their votes together and we tabulate. A mass vote of, you know, we assign a point value to each thing. Corey puts them in his, his you know, calculus machine and out comes an album of the year. But since we can't do that right now, because not everybody's on board, I will keep you on the edge of your seats. And I will say go to ninecircles.co after this to see what our 2022 album of the year is. There you go. It was Mastodon. Was... So look at that. So with that said, we are going to do a little quick round robin style. If you go on ninecircles.co, the writers here, everybody, or if they want to, is submitting a list of however many albums they choose to do in whatever order they choose to do that puts their little fingers at flight and share albums that they like from the year. 
But if we do that here, we'll be on here for 17 hours and it'll turn into like the Oregon Trail when people will start dying of dysentery and stuff. So we're just going to do our top five albums. And I'm going to start real quick with everybody and allow you to mention an honorable mention or two. It could be somewhere in five through 10, or it could be completely somewhere off your list to start with. Before we go around with number five, and we're going to do it, everybody's five, and then come back and then do everybody's four before we get to number one. So just like the way I introduced everybody, Ian, what is your honorable mention for 2022, sir? Thank you so much for asking, Buke. Um, today, I the my list of my favorite non-metal releases of this year went up. Uh, and as long as we're keeping our, you know, main focus on metal, I would like to take this opportunity to talk about some of the not metal stuff that I listened to that was awesome. And I know that there's going to be a few people who are going to agree with me on this one. I'm going to I'm going to talk about the one that I really want to talk about. But the first one that I do want to call out that I I before I hopped on this call, I was listening to Bronco again. And that God, I fucking love that album so much. It's I fucking I, we were just listening so to it again the other day too, and I'm like, it's it's so fucking good. It's perfect. Nothing, I love it. Nothing, nothing about it makes any sense because I don't really like pop music and I don't really like country. But holy fucking shit, Bronco is so good. <laughs> Orville Peck did something special here, and again, it's, this was completely off my radar till Vince. Till Vince that one day, like the ep, like Pulp Fiction, he opened up the briefcase and how in Pulp Fiction you're <laughs> yeah. kept in the dark in what's in the suitcase. I knew what it was, and it was Bronco. So it's that was it's been my greatest pleasure in life has been seeing you gush <laughs> over that album. I'm so so thrilled to pieces yes. that you liked it. So I have much. started wearing white tank tops because of it. <laughs> I think more people should. And I'm going to stop this conversation right there before this gets truly unhinged. Anyway, uh, Bronco's amazing. The one album that I do very much want to mention, which is one of my favorite albums that was released this year, and I already threatened that I was going to talk about this. It is Bleed Out by the Mountain Goats um, because it's they're the rock and the nice boys who make the good rock and tunes. But these tunes are especially rocking because they went in and made this album with a mindset of what if we just made an album of all bangers and then they made an album of all bangers. Um, and it's 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 it, it's the most fun that they've had in the studio in a while. And I've loved the last couple of releases that they've put out, but they've been more subdued releases. And these ones are just like full all gas, no break, uh, just flat out having a really good time. Um, I mean, you haven't even touched on the best part, which is that they're not just bangers. They're noir crime drama. Right. Bangers. They 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 went back to their pulp making, detective bangers. Right. They went back to making an album with a theme again. And I think like their best albums are the albums where there's a loose theme that connects everything together. And it's that loose theme has to be some niche interest of John Dernil. And in this case, it is like late seventies, eighties, Italian noir crime thrillers. And, <laughs> and I feel like this is just for as niche of a subject as that is, this is the wheelhouse in which they operate the best. Um, and it's 
it's wonderful and i i can't put it down and i can't say enough good things about it but now i have to stop because there's seven other people who need to go so go listen to bleed out by the mountain goats there you go bleed out by the mountain goats hera a honorable mention or two from you for the year my, I, I will only mention one honorable mention, and that is Fern's Intersubjective. And the mm. only reason I mention it, it is electronic music. The only reason I mention it is because I saw the ocean live recently back in like early December. And I got to say congratulations to Paul, the drummer who made this album. And that's why, like, the music is great. Like, obviously, this man knows how to make music. But it was really funny when I went to the concert, they started singing Hollow Sing, and I was like, this sounds like intersubjective. Why am I getting deja vu in the middle of this concert? Turns out he wrote that song, and that's where this, and that kind of like cemented the link in my brain. Real good shit. I like electronic music from time to time. He does his best Trent Reznor impression, and honestly, it's a great time. I You could do a lot worse than a Trent Reznor impression in your music, to be fair. Oh, I know. So. I know. Okay. It's Vince. Before we get to our top five, an honorable mention from you. Cool. I would love to give you an honorable mention. And Thank this you. is probably the most honorable mention that I have because as Ian had mentioned, we are trying to keep this podcast focused on the core theme of the site, which is all things heavy music. Which but I my... keep trying to do more and more every year with my Opeth recommendations. It's harder and harder every year to... You won't get me. You will <laughs> never you won't get me. I keep trying to make those connections as they, they get farther and farther apart. No. Opeth cease have ceased to exist for me. That's <laughs> a band. I just don't care anymore. Um, but I, I will say my absolute favorite album of this year was decidedly not a metal album. Um, and it is 40 Watt Sun's Perfect Light. As I said all the fucking way back in January, um, there was nothing that I liked better than this album. There's nothing that twisted my guts up like this album. There is no one on planet Earth who gets the human condition better than Patrick Walker. And I could go on and on and on from there, and I have. You can go back and listen to me talk about this album from way the hell back in the January Album of the Year podcast. But that would be my strong buy, 40 Watt Sun's Perfect Light. It is perhaps one of my favorite albums of all time now. Wonderful. Um, you know, Vince, I'm I'm glad you mentioned that, that you know, it's your overwhelming, you know, number one. That uh, these are by by no means, you know. It's there's so much good music out there that you know it's so hard for us to really make a list. At least I speak for myself here, but I know how hard it is to make a list. So just because somebody may have one at number one, or you know, may have one at number five, or somebody might not like the last Death Heaven album like I did, doesn't mean it's a bad album. If Vince some people it, can be wrong, and that's yes, fine too. About to say, some people are allowed to have bad tasted music. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay, people. So with that said, Dan, don't screw up, or you're out of here. Your honorable mention, sir. No, <laughs> so, go go ahead. Um, I joke. I kid. The floor is yours. Give us an honorable mention. Uh, now I'm throwing off. Um, for me, because they didn't make my top five, but I was listening to them the whole year. It's gonna. It for me, it's Boris's W and their Fade album that they dropped at the very end of the year. And I guarantee, if I had spent more time with it, 
Fade would have been in my top five. But it, it was their 30th anniversary, and they just killed it on everything. I, I wish I'd gotten yeah. to see them live. W um, is so cool. I'm really glad to see somebody yeah. else talk about that album because like yeah. I feel like that was a real sleeper hit from this year. It's yeah. weird as hell, but Boris finds me the best when they are at their weirdest. Yeah. I I had I I was thinking the same thing as I was drafting my list of like non-metal favorites. Mm-hmm. I was like I wish I could find a way to make W fit on here cuz it's it, it it's so cool. It, it's their shoe and games he- album. Like, and Heavy Rocks, too. Yeah. yeah. Heavy Rocks well, was so fucking good. I have a spurious reason why I haven't listened to Heavy Rocks yet, is that I'm still trying to find a copy of Heavy Rocks Orange, and I want to listen to that again before I listen to... I, I keep waiting right. for them to re- reissue it, because they've been reissuing everything else. So, but I, Boris had a phenomenal <clears throat> year, and mm-hmm. it, it kind of killed me not to put them in my top five, but there's another band that I love immensely that I did put in my top five that I, I kind of had to because nobody talked about this album, at least in the metal circles I'm traveling in. So, you know, Dan, since you're, you know, new on my radar and a, uh, a lot of us here, sir, and I love, you know, the different flavors that everybody brings to nine circles here. How did you think 2022 was overall as a as a music year? Because if you ask me, as somebody who strictly listens to metal, some electronic, you know, yeah. like synth synthwave stuff, this to me was a. Uh, there were some gems, but it was kind of a lukewarm year. For me, um, because a lot of the stuff, because uh, I didn't mention in any. I'll, I'll spoil one of the things that is going to show up on my best of the year, even though I think it, it it's heavy adjacent for me. I feel like a lot of old guard people that I love, like Bjork released an amazing album. Fasora is phenomenal. Um, I really like the smile, which was Tom York and Johnny Greenwood's new project. Um, I, I think outside of heavy metal, because again, I also put this in my end of the year. I had to cram because I wasn't listening exclusively to heavy metal mm-hmm. before I started writing for this site. So, but I feel like there were really interesting heavy metal releases, but my taste in metal tends to be either going super slow or it's at warp speed. I have hmm. no in between. Um, <laughs> okay. I, it was an interesting year um, hmm. musically because again, I thought it was interesting. I was looking at various best of list and i think brooklyn vegan had like a, sh- a ton of metal releases on their list which was kind of interesting surprising so yeah well it's it's interesting to get your your take on that and with that said colin sir another new voice here and uh i love getting your guys you know new takes on things and sharing you know different personalities here what was the honorable mention from from you I'm going to say I'll cheat a little bit and I'll say my honorable mention isn't uh, a single band or release, but it's a, a musician. I'm going to say my honorable mention for the year is the Greek musician Alos, best known for Spectral Lore and Mistras. Um, he released seven albums this year. I haven't even listened to all of them yet, but he's he released a couple like dungeon synth kind of things. One's like a more spacey one that like just came out last week it's like it's inspired by uh uh the composer vangelis who he i believe he passed away this year if i'm not mistaken was it this um, year or last year yeah, it, it was remember. this year yeah mm. 
But he also, he didn't release anything from Spectral Lore or Mistras, but he released a, like, sword and sorcery heavy metal album called, or the band is called Clarent Blade. It's like, it's basically, I mean, he, he said it was more like a demo, but uh, he's doing, like, clean, a lot of clean vocals, which he might have had a little bit here and there, but not very much. You know, he doesn't have the best voice in the world, but it, like, it still just fits kind of like the raw uh, feel of that Um of that band and then he released a more more standard quote-unquote black metal album that was called auriferous flame it was a self-titled and the uh, release of his this year that i like the most is it's a band called fortress of the pearl and he released two like eps with that and the, then he released more of a i guess what he was calling an album I and mean, it was only half four songs half an hour but it's like experimental black metal that's piano driven like you've got you know the you've got blast beats and trim picking you know wall of chords but the melody over it is like very fast piano and it's really weird it doesn't sound like anything else there there is actually another band who's like raison d'etre is that where Uh it's like it's just drums and synthesizers and piano but it's black metal it's a it sounds really cool i'm really interested to check this out now yeah yeah what's that band called they're called Wretch. It's spelled W-R-E-C-H-E. Okay. Yeah, I'll have to look into that. But yeah, it's a similar it sounds like a similar thing. It, it's very cool. That one I like a lot, and I hope that he keeps uh um uh, releasing, you know, weird stuff like that. I think he said he just said like he made a post today or whatever saying that he's gonna focus more on spectral lore this coming year, that he's gonna have like the actual fourth album, because you know, he had what albums one two three he had a couple splits he had the the split with uh mari cognitum or the the collaboration album mm-hmm. but i think he's going to do an actual like you know titled four uh because three that he released in 2014 is one of my uh favorite atmo black albums ever and uh one thing i didn't uh, realize is that uh, i was looking at who did the the artwork for you know song of salvation last month's uh album of the month or for november and it's the same artist who did that and spectral lords three really cool artwork cool well i tell you what he's obviously the uh you know we jokingly said you know we're not hardcore history here he's obviously the opposite of dan carlin in releasing episodes dan you get maybe one episode every seven year and this guy releases seven albums in uh i i just love that he's doing all of this like Hey, I just made this album of electronic music for my friend's Dungeons and Dragons campaign. You can have it too. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. That's one of the things from this year. It's actually a split. It's that same project. It's called like Entrothon something something. Yeah. Yeah. It's I- the he did one of those last year too. He put out an album that was all like ambient background music. And he was like, I've just had this going for a little campaign that I was writing. That is awesome. That's awesome. Well, Angela to head to you now do you have an honorable mention for us i sure do um mine is the buried storm by dark her um this was one of my favorite albums of 2022 and i had a hard time placing it because it's not quite metal but it's not quite not not metal so um it was kind of like an in-between the best way to describe it would be dark folk with doom influences um which is right up my alley. Um, (laughs) And it's just a beautiful, dark album. The flow of the music is very meditative, 
there's guest string instrumentals, um, including a very haunting cello sound in Lowly Weep, which is um, one of my favorite tracks. And I think it was the first single released as well. So it's um, one of their more popular ones. And it's just so beautiful. Um, and her vocals are just gorgeous and very haunting. Just the whole mood of the album is kind of dark and dreary, but it's beautiful. Um, I did write a full review on this one. This came out earlier this year, pretty early this year. Um, but it's oh, it's a good one. There we go. Well, since Ian stole my flame that I was waiting all episode to say that, and obviously Vince knew it was a matter of time before it was coming. I figured um, that this was going to be what <laughs> something that you couldn't pass up talking about, which is I was going to mention. I love hearing. I, I love was going to mention it. You know, the... As again, I was going to mention Bronco real quick. I just have to say a word. As a guy who grew up before I got into metal, before I discovered Pantera, I was a late bloomer. You know, I didn't get into really music when I was like 16 or 17 when Pantera released their final album. That was when my metal light bulb was flipped on. Um, so as a guy who listened to 90s country, when I discovered Bronco, it was it all came back to me. Um and I absolutely love it. I love the imagery. I love the lyrics. I just, I love the every, every single thing about it. I have gushed over Bronco all year long and I, I cannot recommend the album enough. Even if you don't even like country, if yeah. you just, if you just like to hear something that really gets somebody really excited and passionate about, um, it was like, as if I was talking about knitting and you hear me really talking, getting excited about some fucking scarf that I knitted. Maybe you may want to go buy a scarf or something. I don't know, but Bronco's a good album. The album yeah. that I wanted to recommend is by a Swedish band called in abstract illusion and their album. Whoa. This is a atmospheric pro progressive death metal band that has been active the last couple of years. This is their second album, and this is just a thing of beauty. Just like I like, you know, and we've all said it, you know, how many times an episode can I say I love Opeth, my favorite band, yada, yada, yada. You know, this is a band that gives us, you know, seven minute, 11 minute songs, a 14 minute banger. Vince is over here thinking how many albums can you cram into in that one time frame. Um, but it's a thing of beauty. Um, I really, the only unfortunate thing is I discovered it late. This album came out in September and I only found it like a month ago. I just listened to it the other day, like two days ago. Yeah. Um, I, I think I wanted to like it more than I ended up actually liking it, but I do feel like I need to give it a proper listen yeah because we just had it on in the car while we were driving somewhere um and i wasn't really paying attention to it there's a lot to like about it but it's also a very proggy album so very. it takes some weird turns yep very and i don't know very that i proggy. was i don't know that i was in the right headspace to prepare for that yeah very but now that i know what i'm up against i do think i'd need to sit down and give it another listen it is very proggy um but i i love it a lot um so that is our honorable mentions. Now we get down to where the battle lines are drawn. You know, mano y mano, top five. Here His we go. His opinion is the most correct. Yes. 
<laughs> so we will start number five and work our way down to number one going round robin or i don't even know if this is round robin style but this is classroom duck duck go style um ian you will s- start us off sir number five you're your number five yes i will uh number five for me is woods of desolations the falling tide um i have been on my hands and knees praying for a new Woods of Desolation album literally since uh, As the Stars dropped. I I loved that album so much, and it was an album that I think caught me at the right time. It, it, it was an album that came out when I needed to hear it, and it made such a huge impact on me. And I went back and I listened to all of the rest of their discography, and I was like, this is amazing. And then there was nothing, there was nothing for so long. And in the meantime, I guess they'd been making moves because D had like two other projects going at the same time. So it wasn't like he wasn't making music, but he wasn't making Woods of Desolation music. And then they got signed to Season of Mist all of a sudden. And it was like, hey, there's a new album. And it, it came out like two weeks ago. No, like three weeks ago. It came out in December. And I knew... As soon as I saw the release date, I was like, I can't, I can't in good conscience write a year end list until I wait for this album to come out. And sure enough, it came out and I was like, holy fuck. I'm so glad I didn't jump the gun and start writing stuff because this would have fucked everything up. Uh, it's it's a gorgeous album. It's so wonderful. Um it's it's like it's like they never skipped a beat at all. Um, every Woods of Desolation album is a little bit different because there's never the same people on it, except on this one, there is the same people on it. It's back down to just being a duo and, uh, D handles vocals this time, which is probably going to be off-putting because if you've actually listened to the album, the vocals are God awful. They're atrocious. Um, some of the worst vocals I've ever heard in my entire life. And yet somehow this album still makes it not just into my best of list but in the top five um my one of my favorite bands of all time is also rancid and i love rancid but out of the four people in rancid three of them are the worst singers on the face of the planet so like i don't get i don't get weirded out by bad vocals um this album is amazing like i just fell in love with it as soon as i heard as soon as i heard it and i'm so glad that i waited to start thinking about year-end stuff i i I had a place saved for this album because i knew it was just going to be that good and it did not disappoint me at all i i loved it i love it so much i you know this is this is why i love doing year-end stuff you know i was gonna say it now i love hearing everybody's enthusiasm for what they really love and i have to admit you know you got my ears to perk up for a second like a little kitty cat um I don't know where I was going with that. Um, I thought you were mentioning a new Woods of Ypres album. If like maybe, oh God, like, that'll, dude, I mean, that'll like, happen, like maybe they found only. some unreleased material that uh, David Gold found before he passed or something. Don't play with my heart like <laughs> that. I, yeah, I I got a little excited. Um, they, I mean, no, it's not even remotely similar to Woods of Ypres, but this <laughs> this album's great. Thank you for uh, reminding me that I completely forgot to listen to this. 
Yeah. Well, that's what happens when these bands, you know, sneak them in there at the end of the and year this, like this that. One's a, this one's just squeaked in. Whoa. Hera, number five for you. You knew it was coming. You probably you probably know it's Bloody Woods Rock Shock. I that album was my life for the better part of two months. I know that half of it isn't Indian and the rap can be real corny sometimes, but that album, like if you look past like the flashiness of it all, you would find an album that is highly compelling and highly of the times. It talks about everything from like how to battle depression to basically how India has a severe, a severe uh, child abuse issue. And so it's sure it's all some of it is has real good bangers and the ballads are great. But I also just feel like Rakshak as a whole is just really good for a debut album to think that it finally took them until last year <laughs> to put out this album is really impressive. And I'm very inclined to see what happens next in their career. Maybe we'll see more bangers. Maybe the rapping will get a little bit better. But you know what? I'm having a great time. And I really like that album a lot. So The rapping is extremely corny. And I feel like <laughs> yes, that's the, the one thing that sort of turned me off to this album. Because it is a new metal album. Like, new metal oh, just yeah. hit India but, like Indian a couple folk, years ago. But, 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 <laughs> but, but corny rapping to me is like crazy town, Ian. Don't, okay, don't yeah, fucking not... say that to me. You know what I was just <laughs> thinking about? With that, you made me listen to that fucking remake that they that Crazy yes. Town did of their own song that yes. somehow made it worse than the original. And yes. I didn't think that you could get worse than Butterfly, but it turns out that you can make Butterfly worse if you redo it as an old fucking man with some dumbass face-tattooed SoundCloud rapper <laughs> providing your guest verse. Fuck you for making me listen to that, by the way. Yes. Oh, that anyway, was... that... That kind of segues into the point that I was ultimately going to make, which is as as I, I, I liked this album because it's new metal that actually cares about something like it's new yeah. metal that the point of new metal isn't just uh fucking whatever, man. Like they actually write songs that are about <laughs> stuff. And as much as 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 corny as the rap is, as much as that kind of turns me off to it. I do very much appreciate that this is an album that exists because I like that I like that it's out there. I don't necessarily want to listen to it all the time, but I like that it exists. But Hera, let me just like the, the yeah. rapping is that kind of their their like do fans latch on to that? Like you know how everybody every band kind of has a identity to them. Is that like their thing that the fans may expect I feel like, from them? So what I what I feel like happens is most of the album, the, the singing part at least, is in Punjabi and Hindi. So you get basically like the whole thing, most of the songs are in that language. But then you have like a short translation and that's the rapping, which for people who are like, well, I don't understand what it says. I'm like, well, you kind of get some clues from the guy who's like rapping in English, which is kind of corny. But the beautiful part about it is that it's just it mixes two different worlds together because hmm. a lot of people think about India and we don't really think about it much. So to have like a band who kind of just put themselves on the map and is like, hey, by the way, we have a problem that we might need to talk about. And here's a good way to like bring it up to people. I feel like that's more important than like how rapping is corny because it's new metal, you know? 
I take so more value out of this. So I, are they like the insane clown posse of India? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know much about the Indian, about uh, the insane clown posse. Hmm. No, they're not. <laughs> no. I was, I was about to ask, do you see this band with Fago? Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't Fago so. Moon Mist. <laughs> Well, Hera, you know, you were really, really, really uh, high on on this album, and like a lot of oh, yeah. you guys, you know, as with everybody's picks, I'm surprised where albums land. I thought this would have been higher up your list, and I'm sure I, I'll say I that. I feel like, like Cat in particular has a knack for throwing like the most amazing curveballs into like what actually makes it into the deep of your year end list. Cause I remember, I think it was last year where you were like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, my number four album is, a, is this new one by bring me the horizon. And Ian and I were yeah. both just like blasted backwards, like a fucking <laughs> shotgun blast. It was like being, it was like taking a nine iron straight to the side of my yeah, head. Because she had not mentioned this in the chat to anybody. And I like I oh, I've, I've read because your year end list at this point has been published and I read it and yes. like the Indian new metal band was kind of this year's Bring Me the Horizon where I was like huh okay <laughs> I I like to say that I am a person who has a lot of death and I feel like I, I can't it can't be me if I just don't bring one I I meant absolutely nothing that I just said as a detriment to you that was one hundred percent a compliment. <laughs> I but I also feel like that is my brand at this point where I'm like, all right, in the higher echelons of this list, I can't. I have to bring in like a weird one. You just you to remind true, everyone. You stay true to yourself, and I think that that's yeah. a very amiable quality. Like that's that's something to aspire to. Yeah, Hera, I will lie that there was a part of me that just died when you said your number five because I thought that my Romstein bond with you kind of would have slipped in at number five. Okay, can I, let me take a quick detour with Ramstein for a second because I really liked Zeit. The problem with Zeit though is that after listening to it as much as I did, I kind of started to fall out of it with it. And it's not a judgment to them, but it does feel like the band is going to call it quits, like it's thinking about ending things if a do is anything to go by. And I also just don't want to talk about Ramstein because if I talk about Ramstein, like eventually calling it quits, I'm going to be sad. So we'll save that for another day. Angela's sad. Vince is happy. So hey, I'm going to break out in hives, dude. <laughs> Dan, you're, you're number five, sir, unless you have any anything more, Hera. Nope, that's it. I'm good. Okay. Me? Okay. Yes. My number five is from Winnipeg, Canada, and that would be Ken Mode's Null. Um, mm -hmm. I've loved Ken Mode since Entrenched, and every album since then feels like it's been building to something, and Null feels like the culmination of everything they've been building for since Entrenched. So it's all of the noise rock influences. Like when I heard their album Success, it felt like a big black homage. And this just feels like they're taking in all of the noise rock influences that they've been building towards. And now that they have a fourth member, um, Catherine Kerwood, she's she like adds all these new textures into the band. So like there's the saxophone, like the discordant saxophone, all the electronics that are now in the band. And this album just fucking rips like this. I heard this. I'm like, oh, this is my album of the year. But then I had to cram and I heard other albums. But this album just had to be in my top five because it's so phenomenal. It just it hits hard with you know, everything. 
Dan, maybe it's you know I I love hearing that you're a, a fan of them. Maybe it's it's me, but when in Entrenched came out, they yeah. seemed like they rocked the metal like magazines yeah. online like that's that was all the talk and then it seemed like around success and loved at least yeah. on my radar they kind of fell off is that true i i think the reason is and listening to success and love love which i love both of those albums and i think success is phenomenal but they feel like entrenched is very much a metal album it's it's got all the hardcore influences but it's also like it still sounds like a metal album and success and love more or less sound like indie rock albums on the more noisier end of that spectrum. Um, like I said, success sounded like a big black album to me, which I love. I love big black. They're phenomenal. They're one of my favorite bands. And I think that's why they kind of fell off. And then Noel sort of brings in all the stuff they were doing on entrenched, mm. but with the other two, but with love and successes, more noise rock kind of, sounds that they were exploring with so. okay okay well yeah it sounds like it's a great time to jump back on them then it's thank only 30 you. minutes long too so that's always a bonus <laughs> thank you for reminding me that i somehow also forgot to listen to this album <laughs> you, you oh, will that... not regret it <laughs> thank you also for having correct steve albini opinion something that i'm very passionate about yeah don't, <laughs> something don't of a hometown me... hero for me <laughs> Well, there we go. Okay, Colin, Colin, you're number five. Oh, I think you're. Oh, I think you're muted. You are muted, Colin. Oh, sorry. That's right. okay. My number five is Inexorum Equinox Vigil. This is a, you know, melodic black metal, melodic death metal ish album, um, and yeah, it's just. Oh. It's black metal, but it's just fun as hell. Like, there's no like darkness and death and depression, all that. It's just, you know, it's like taking the energy of like, you know, the classic heavy metal we grew up with and just like putting it through a black metal lens. It is this album fucking rocks. Yeah. Dudes fucking rock. This album fucking rocks. And, and I think, and part of, uh, choosing this one is like a little bit of the a personal connection too, because you know Carl Skeldum and uh, Matthew Kirkwalder and the Obsequy live lineup, and so at Fire in the Mountains we got you know Vince and I we got to talk with both of them, and then actually for the entirety of the Wolves in the Throne Room set that closed out the festival, I was talking, I was having drinks and talking with Matthew Kirkwalder for like an hour and stuff, and he's just super nice guy we were you know talking about because enslaved is his favorite band as well so like it was just you know really great i really you know appreciate his you know as much as as cool as it would have been to have like actually experienced the wolves in the throne room set which i'm sure was awesome i was just like hearing it in the background but having that you know personal you know connection with uh with him was really it's... cool we did the same thing with nchachwin too where we missed an entire set we missed yeah. um uh, Sean Perry's set because we were talking with Aaron from Nichachwin for like a half an hour. Yeah, and like <laughs> I, I had, I have no regrets about that. Yeah, like I have a little definitely. bit of regrets of not paying more attention to Sean Perry, but those conversations are like really important and one of the things that I took home a lot from that weekend. So I'm really glad that you talked about Anexrum because yeah. this was 
like to spoil a little bit of my year end list, this was my number six album of the year. So like it was just shy of being <laughs> something that I would have talked about on this podcast too. And a lot of the reason for that is because I got to talk with Carl at Fire in the Mountains and he is such an awesome dude. Like it, this album is really good black metal. It fucking rocks. And they are incredibly nice people, which helps cement it as like one of my favorite things from this year. Like I love when good people do good shit. And this is a perfect example of that. I love this album a lot. Yeah, exactly. And like, you know, it's just, it takes, you know, a lot of, I mean, I guess their biggest influences on it would probably be like, you know, stuff like, uh, you know, Dawn or Sacramento, you know, that nineties Swedish mellow black stuff, but then it just, you know, just puts in that you know heavy metal classic heavy metal energy on top of that and it's like it's just it's great well you know my friends colin thank you for that um angela i'm sorry to make you wait uh, a couple more minutes but my add is so bad i have a notepad and a digital list that i am following and i actually checked vince off on said list that he went. No, yeah, he's done. He yeah. said everything he needs to say. Vince, you're number five, please. You have to shut me up now or it'll never stop. Jeez, I am The so madness bad. will never end. Dude, do not sweat it. I, uh, my, my husband just also got diagnosed with ADHD. So, like, I am intimately familiar with how this works. Like, everybody in my life has ADHD. So, like, I am so cool with, with whatever happens. I totally well, get thank it. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and to be honest, um, I don't I don't know how long I want to even elaborate on this because my number five album of the year is Song of Salvation by Dream Unending, which I just spent an entire podcast episode yammering on about how much I like this album. It's I I some people may disagree with me. It wouldn't be the first time on this shit ass podcast, but I really like this album. I think that it is among some of the most unique death metal that I hear going right now. I love Surprise, it's number five good... for you. Yeah, there was just there was just other stuff that I liked more, but this one uh this one this one did me in real good. Um I love the idea of combining Pink Floyd style seventies prog with nineties Peaceville Death Doom. I think that it's inspired. It's certainly unique, and I think that this is just another step forward for them. I hope they make the next one even fucking weirder. Pump it. Pump it. Well, <laughs> Vince, again, I apologize. And that's fine, and I'm not going to be mad about it. <laughs> Absolutely not salty at all. <laughs> Angela. Lampoon me on this fucking podcast make me your christ <laughs> i think 2023 2023 is the year where we're we're gonna just let vince have it like the good oh, old no. days of the podcast yeah i'm we... going to inflict psychic damage on this man watch me just gonna, no. every, every episode i come on i'm just gonna come on yeah. and i'm just gonna be like yep <laughs> well ben it's okay. Just remember at the end, when Ian has a birthday, Vince doesn't. So, 
you know, and it's we can just... 2023 is my turn to have the birthday. Yes. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Angela, you're number five. Yes. Um, mine is Cobain's Nova. I love this album <laughs> so much. Um, Catherine Shepard is amazing. I love her. Um, <laughs> the album is deeply emotional. There are atmospheric-driven instrumentals, of course, black metal passages. You know, her, her harsh and clean vocals, both are amazing. Um, it's dreamy, but dark, and just everything on the album, every single note feels very much int- intentional, very much a passion project um, from Catherine. And Ian and I were lucky enough, I know we're not the only people on this recording, who were able to see her live with um, Imperial Triumphant and Zeal and Ardor. Um, that concert was fucking incredible. And seeing her perform- That concert was Nova, fucking, bon- fucking great. And also bonkers as hell. Yes, it was. Absolutely. It was amazing. It was, oh. It was, I will say, as long as we're, as long as we were touching on good good people doing awesome things, um, when we saw her in Chicago, she brought on stage one of her students, because she also teaches vocal lessons, one of her students just happens to be based in Chicago, she brought her student up on stage to sing, um, oh gosh, I believe it was, um, it wasn't blacked out, I I forget what song she was brought on stage to sing but she brought one of her one of her vocal students on stage to sing with her and it was just if if you aren't sold on what a great album nova is you really need to check out sylvain live because she just has so much fun on stage Mm -hmm. and she's such a weird dorky funny like just a overall very pleasant person to be in a room with Mm mm-hmm it was a fun concert. I got to see Sylvain twice in the span of a couple of months. So you know what? It was great. That's awesome. I love Who that. else did you see her with? She was on their first North American tour. So Sylvain went on tour with Amorphous. Oh! They did that run of shows together in the, for North America. And then they came back for with Imperial, Imperial Triumphant and Seal and Order. Dope. That's awesome. <laughs> Anything else, Angela? Okay. (laughs) Okay. And again, I want to say, you know, for everybody on the podcast with me, I don't ask that to be rude or to hurry you up. I just don't want to be like my old former 2022 self and trying to cut people off less than 2023. So. You never cut people off. You're fine. <laughs> Except for me, apparently. No, yeah. no that's well, what the that's twins different. do. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's true. I deserve that. Well, as the uh, resident in-house death metal guy who uh, Hera brought down to earth with our mid-year roundup, uh, I have the description skills of a toddler. My number five. I am so sorry. My number five album is Undeath. It's time to rise from the grave. This is a you know a band that's really been gaining momentum uh, the past couple years. Uh, Lesions of a different kind in 2020. They uh, hit my radar. This album follows that one with you know more techie elements but still the uh, classic old school churning 
death metal style that they do uh, is really uh, dominant here. What stops it from being higher up my list is I'm a real stickler for production value and the production value on this. I thought at first it was our promo copy, but the production value on this is real bad. Uh, if you ask me, it uh, doesn't I, sound. Is, is that a bug or a feature? Yeah, I was say it's death metal. Does it matter? <laughs> I've seen a lot of praise for this album, and I have this not listened was, to this it. This was Decibel Magazine's album of the year. Their number one pick. It's it's just a death metal album. It it's, is. It's, it's fine. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's it's, it's a straight, very yeah. very fine. I mean, it's, good good death like, metal done well. Is like what death thing. metal does, you know, this is this is a death metal album yeah. and it is what it is, you know. It gives like, you, it gives you exactly what you expect with nothing that you don't. Yes. I just I guess I just assumed that since so many people were heaping such high praise on it, my assumption was that it did it broke the mold somehow. Well, it's just good death metal. Yeah, you know, you would you're right. I think a lot of the praise comes from maybe you know how trends come and go. That you know, the old school death metal trend, you know, I think has been gaining momentum the past couple yeah. of years. Yeah. Uh that this may be, you know, a band doing it well, because American old school death metal is really and coming back. I'm I'm asking because I'm curious, because yeah. I, I, I have not listened to this album yep. and I'm it's, trying I, I'm not I'm not knocking it in any way. It's shape, exactly what you expect. Yep. Okay. It's 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 exactly what you think that it sounds like. Very yeah, like like bolt thrower style old school death metal. There is by no means, you know, is it it is, you know, Dream Unending is a right. leap forward in, yeah. in pro progressive sound than this is. But this probably is. why I liked that album substantially yep. more is yep. just, you know, it's But you know, again guys, I I always joking, you know, SpongeBob Caveman mean Duke <laughs> over here. You know, this is me. You know, I'm I'm the bonehead over here. So I guess that's why I like this. No, um, there's, not, there's nothing to really not like about it. Yep. Finch, you're always too nice to me. I love you. Ian, I love you too, man. I love all of you. This is, I love doing this. Ian, you're number four. Well, I'm actually very glad that your number five was undeath. And, and again, I have no problems with good death metal done well because my number four pick is uh, a band and an album name that I am physically incapable of pronouncing. So uh, uh, <clears throat> let me give it my best shot. The band is called Zompotli and the album is called Tlazkaltilitli. Um, 20 bucks spin, John. It is this one. This is death metal. For the cavemen, this is death metal for the people whose brains are smooth and round like a river pebble. This is for the people who can't read well and also can't do other stuff. This well. is for the people who have a lighter in one hand and <laughs> kindling in the other hand, but can't put. This is this <laughs> is death metal for all the people who used to make a flamethrower out of a lighter and a can of Axe body spray like this. It's just death metal that beats your fucking ass into the ground. Um, and and sometimes that's all you want. Like, there's no frills. A lot of the albums that I am going to talk about are albums that, like, affected me very deeply on an emotional level. And this album does none of that. The only emotion I feel is anger. And 
I just want this album to keep like smacking me in the head with a doorknob in a sock. Um, and I love it. <laughs> if you are if you are a fan of the Wilhelm scream, but done by an Aztec death whistle. Yes, this is the album yes. for you. They they hit the amen break with it, and they punctuate it with the death whistle. <laughs> it's it's really really dumb, but it succeeds so well at being exactly what it is. It's very very fun. There, yeah. this album is a this is a party album. <laughs> if ever a death metal album could be described as like one for the function, yeah. this is it. This is this is what you put on at the turn up function when you want people to really turn up. And by turn up, I mean rip the legs off of a table and just start swinging it around <laughs> aimlessly. If by if by the turn up function you mean ritual human sacrifice, <laughs> yes. Boy, I want to go watch Apocalyptica right now. My God. Uh, anyway, yeah. If 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 un if if uh undeath is anything like this one, I should probably check that album out, huh? Jeez. It is. It's it's not nastier than this. You this know, is the Ian, do I have a leg under is, here? My God, you have to world up. This Jeez. album. This album is it, it in its entirety. It is what happens when you bring the nasty riff back, but slower. That is what this album is, start to finish. oh my god well that's why i love doing this you guys you guys are the best hera shocked that that placed as high as it did but i it's my go-to driving around album if i don't know what i figured if i gotta drive somewhere and i don't know what i want to put on but i do want to offend everyone within like a 20 foot radius of my car then i will just put this album on (laughs) Oh my gosh, Hera! Uh, you have to follow that. Um... Sure, four. Okay, first, <laughs> before quick, before going to number four, I, you mentioned Apocalyptica, and my ears perked up, and I was like, "Why are you talking about cello metal?" Anyway, I mentioned, I meant Apocalyptico. Is that the movie? The Aztec or, movie? Oh, right. Apocalyptica. Apocalyptico. Apocalypto, the Mel Gibson movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I see. Yeah. yeah, so that's why my brain, I was like, why are you talking about cellos? Where did this happen? Okay. Whatever happened uh, to those guys? Are they still around? Yep. Yeah, they just went on tour yep. with Leprous. Oh. Or God, they, were, they were the headliner, Leprous' opening. Wait, what? Yeah. That I seems can't... wrong, somehow. Well, here's yeah. the thing. Quick thing about, no, I love Pokemon Scott. They're one of my favorite bands. But Leprous was the headliner when the Ocean was touring with them. So I guess over there, they were like, Apocalyptic is touring because it's Europe. They're in Helsinki because they started in Helsinki. So that's why they were they were the the supporting. Hmm. Very strange. I know. Hmm. Okay. Okay, number four. Number four is an album that made me feel seen, mainly because um, who would have thought that this would have got as high as it did? It's Ithaca's They Fear Us. If there is a band that made me feel like this year was some like made me realize like a I have no power because we're talking about pol- a little bit about politics but also just about in general made me feel like I had no power but I can make my own power. They fear us is just like an album that made me feel so seen. 
everything about this album from the instrument from the instrumentation to the vocals are top notch production is fantastic and also who would have thought that they had like a like a, a little power metal at the end you can have a little power metal at the end of this post hardcore album as a treat i really love this album it ranks really high as number 4 i didn't think it would rank as high because their last album the language of injury ranked like number 12 a couple of years ago when I wrote that list. So to think that this album just jumped immediately, it means that it was like on my brain and on my mind a lot. Yeah, I really like this album. Um, it made me feel seen. It made me feel like I could use a little bit of their rage just to fuel me a little bit forward. So It very it much is. feels like an fears. album from somebody that jumped from a number 12 spot to a number four spot. Like it is, it is a pretty significant leap forward for their sound. Yeah. It's no, it's... no holds barred, full mask off, naked aggression. Just yeah. like if, if the language of injury was about like reacting to something bad that happened to you, they fear us is about throwing the first punch yeah, and then right. throwing a kick to the nuts for good measure afterwards. It's real good. It's very, very good. I like this album mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah, I, I know, didn't think this was going to jump high as it did, but then it did, and I was like, yeah, it makes sense. It feels this... very much like an album that people need, like an album for yeah. the people. You know, I've heard the same thing mentioned by a lot of sites and people about the Chat Pile album. It's that good. album is yeah. so good. It's good. It is good. I... Only one band on God's Green Earth has the gumption to write a song about getting so stoned that Grimace from the McDonald's Cinematic Universe physically manifests inside your house. And that he's smoking weed. (laughs) And he's smoking weed. I can understand why that album is also an album that people need, but kind of... Ithaca is more rage. Chatpile is more just like it's more bleak acceptance. It's yeah. bleak acceptance of Oklahoma. Yeah. As a thing, as a concept. As, but we're well, all in fear. buildings and not enough inside. people in them. <laughs> yeah. Like the fears is about an album that you would I would personally feel like you play on the way to see like to a protest. Cause I feel okay. This is gonna be a little bit like, Hera, why are you talking about this? And it'd be like, because it's very important to me. I feel like this album like speaks to me as someone whose existence in this country, and I speak generally in the US, has been seen as a as a pawn for power, where a lot of people promise me things and it's been 20 years and nothing's been happening. So, you know, I'm I'm starting to get a little like annoyed about people making promises and not following up with them. So yeah, fuck your queen. I feel like that is a that is a a point that the person who wrote those lyrics would probably feel very strongly in favor of. I don't think that is that that is like off base at all. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, I will not skip you this time, Vince. It's time oh, for you thanks. to follow your friend Hera for number 4. Cool. My number 4 um is uh Ave Lute by the band Scarcity, which is a a strange album that I simply cannot get enough of. Um, I I mean this is a brand new project, so there there's like th- this to like this album kind of came out of nowhere, and I wasn't really expecting to like it as much as I was, except that every time I listen to it, I find myself listening to it twice in a row. 
which is probably the best compliment that I could give it is like, I listened to 45 minutes of whatever the fuck this is. And I'm like, no, that simply wasn't enough. And I put it on again because it's that good. Like it is weird, kind of symphonic, microtonal, avant-garde black metal with Doug Moore from Piron on vocals channeling the fact that he lived in next door to a funeral home in yeah. New York City when COVID-19 was like the, when New York City was the COVID-19 epicenter of the world and he just saw bodies being churned in and out of there like it is a fucking brutal album to listen to but it doesn't wallow in that in much the same way that one of the things I really liked about Dream Unending was the way that they handled those kinds of like bleak topics without like sinking into them. This is an album that talks very frankly about death and about like the finite nature of human existence, but it's very hopeful about it too. It doesn't ever lose itself in that grief. And it it is a highly successful album at what it's trying to do both musically and otherwise. It's a weird one, but it's, it compels me. Did did they um just come on your radar with this? Yeah, is, is that it's what you're saying? New. Yeah, brand new. Yeah, brand new. This is the first thing that they've ever put out. Isn't and that it, cool it, when a band just comes and it's like, yeah, right I there. Love it. I and... love that. This was it. This was a complete shock to my system. I don't know what I expected when I pressed play the first time, um, but whatever it was, it wasn't this. But I really liked this. <laughs> I lo- and you know I love when you they skyrocket up so high up up the list yeah. too. Well, my friend, that's that's a good one. There, we will move on. Dan, your number four, sir. So my number four, I uh, I have a slight visual aid for it. Um, my number four is the band I talked about earlier that I had to put on here instead of Boris and. This album sounds like Frankenstein lumbering around <laughs> and screaming. Uh, Gaja is, um, is a doom band that I love. They are prolific. They put out an album every single year. If you go hey, to can, band- can can you go back a couple of seconds when you were leaning away? We didn't get to hear you. Oh, sorry. So my number four is Naja Labyrinthine. Um, it is a doom metal album. It's kind of droning. I, I feel like Naja is the best doom metal band on the planet. They don't get enough recognition and love for what they do because they're so consistent. They just put out excellent, good to great albums every year, like Clockwork. Um, and this is just one of their best albums in a while. Um, it's genuinely kind of scary doom metal. <laughs> like there's screams and just it drones and lumbers about. It It's phenomenal. It It's a great album. They are a band I think I've been familiar hearing about, but I've ne- I don't think I've ever actually checked yeah. them out before. I I would basically I feel like they and Sun kind of do the same things, but oh okay, I, and I okay. like Sun. I like Sun, but there's a lot of variation between Naja releases, whereas Sun is it's all about the riffs. Um, 
and this feels like a band. This feels like an actual band just exploring their sound. They know what they're going to do. They know what they're doing, but they don't feel like they they need to repeat themselves with every release, even if you're not, even if it doesn't kind of sound like it. But if you've listened to them enough, you know the difference. You know what each album sounds like versus the last. <laughs> I love this album. <laughs> no, I I I'm going to love this album too. I think based yeah. on the way that you describe it. Yeah, like I'm surprised. Sorry. No, 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 no. Don't be sorry at all. You yeah. hit my trigger word, which is sun. To me, yeah. it's it's audible poison. Famous buke poison. Yeah. Is is I this? Got one for, like, I got one for you, buke. I love I doom. <laughs> I love doom, and I love slow. And like next month, I recommended we listen to Ahab for our album of the month. I love funeral doom and I love slow and you know I love the dream unending. I but when you say droning, it, it makes me want to reel back. Is this like Sun when they hitting a the note and it's just going on? I think the best comparison might be Amplifier Worship by Boris. Um, it's mm, it's okay. heavy, but it is a band. It's not two guys with guitars exploring minimalist sound like tones and dr- feedback with their guitars. There is there is that in here. This was surprisingly released on a label that I have bought from that's like a Japanese label that does ambient recordings. Hmm. But this is like the only metal release I've ever seen on this label. <laughs> um and this is just heavy. It it I put this in my year in my year uh, end of year list, my description of this album, it sounds like a minotaur going through a labyrinth getting ready to eat people it just the screams and everything <laughs> as so. a guy who loves minotaurs that's an excellent yeah. description oh that's oh. yeah you know people give sports writers credit for how well they can paint a scene no our writers here are the best what a great way to put it wow that is awesome my friend that is that is absolutely i hope awesome. they have thread <laughs> i hope they have thread just to guide them back home and escape the minotaur <laughs> at least to tie him Colin, what do you have? All right. Well, uh, my number four is actually the first of two EPs in my top five, which is something I wouldn't have expected. And uh, this is the EP Blue Nothing by Worm. Mm. Yeah, it's I was very hyped for this album. You know, the last year's Forever Glade was just, you know, it's this really just heavy as fuck and just well-written great solos you know death doom a little bit of funeral doom in there and uh uh main guy from mr worm phantom slaughter uh he said that he was you know it's he was teasing these more black metal elements coming into the sound like you know on instagram he's like posting every day like his you know ever-growing collection of like 90s symphonic melodic kind of stuff whether it's like abigor or you know obviously emperor or he'd been getting even more obscure than that bands like obtained enslavement which is one that i think i'd probably discovered through him and stuff like that it's been a great like well of obscure 90s uh shit that's been influencing him so and then he finally you know released this ep where he got the first two tracks is as a uh, b-sides from forever glade which are as good if not better than anything that was on uh uh forever glade 
and uh, but that's like upping the symphonic elements a bit. And then you have the B side of this, which you know one track is just uh, like a, you know basically it's just a guitar solo from uh, guest guitarist our new lead guitarist Roth Septentrion aka Phil Tugas. <laughs> you are not immune to Phil Tugas. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then the final track is, you know, more of a black metal thing that's probably going to be the direction that Worm is going I, to. I but... believe that I believe he said that is the direction that Worm is heading yeah. in the future. Which is exactly what I want because it's like, you know, all that 90s stuff is really cool, but when bands can, you know, a band like let's say Stormkeep can take that 90s sound and update it with you know just better more dynamic songwriting and all that kind of stuff so more songs about wizards riding dragons into battle please yeah it's and yeah this ep is awesome i'm i was you know it was lots of hype build up for it and it didn't disappoint and i'm really excited i hope they could come out with something you know this year now with you know now that phil tugas is a full member and but i gotta give a shout out to the, the the lead guitarist on forever glade uh, i think is his name a uh, nihilistic manifesto <laughs> um he and phil tugas have a guitar duel on the on the final track i didn't it took me a little while to like realize that and he holds his own pretty well against you know phil tugas which is that you know, was easily my favorite part of forever glade was the fucking yeah skid row-esque guitar <laughs> wizardry that permeated like that might that might the best part of that album to me like beyond the the hilarious like spirit halloween store death metal aesthetique that was the whole thing was like listening to that album and hearing the solos and being like this dude absolutely listens to a shit ton of 80s hair metal like, oh, absolutely. no question about it. This man cut his teeth on fucking Skid Row and Motley <laughs> Crue. And, like, me too, buddy. And, like, <laughs> too. Like, Winger and shit like that. Yes, like, yeah. Winger. <laughs> He's oh, the... my God. Forever Glade... Forever Glade's the album that was so good, we reviewed it twice for the site. Because I, <laughs> I picked it to review... And Corey also picked it to review, but we didn't realize that we had each picked it to review. So we wrote two reviews for it in a week and it was worth it because it was an album that was so good that it was worth reviewing twice. And when I saw when I saw Blue Nothing hit the promo planner, I was like, oh, shit, like I got to I got to jump on this. And it, it's it's so good. Like even the rejected cuts from Forever Glade are still better than like any of the other stuff that's come out this year right. it's like yeah. man what if what if florida was real that's what this would be like <laughs> yeah exactly it's just like you know music like forever if forever glade was like you know going through the swamp with all the alligators and you know uh bog monsters and stuff this is like a crypt you find in the middle of the swamp and you descend down into it and yeah i just i can't wait for whatever's coming uh in the future from worm it's a great great 26 minutes or so i find this all amusing because i actually am in florida so uh i i will i will look for that crypt for all of you just a bit but i will tell you it doesn't descend because we are below sea level fixer <laughs> it didn't happen <laughs> oh god this is the best episode ever <clears throat> angela it's number four has been a strong uh series of albums here what can you bring uh now yeah 
So I've got, bear with me on the pronunciation here. <laughs> um, Can't be worse than B me. B-H-L-E-G. I've talked about this band before. Um, we like to call them Blig um, when we talk about it, me and Ian. <laughs> um, and the album title is Faring, maybe? Um, <laughs> and this is a Swedish band, if you couldn't tell. And it's black and folk metal. I love this band. Um, they use really unique instrumentation, which just makes it so interesting. Um, including on this album, they have Hurdy Gurdy, Mouth Harp, Flute, Bull Wait, War. A Hurdy Gurdy from like, like Sea of Thieves style Hurdy Gurdy being used? Nope. Like That's pirates? Awesome. <laughs> Birch, Trumpet, a whole bunch of others, like lots of really cool instrumentation. Um, there's lots of ambient moments with nature sounds, lots of birds in this album. Um, there's, of course, marching riffs with blackened growls. There's chanting vocals. There's um, just really beautiful musical interludes. It's just a really wonderful album. It's really well done and just unique and amazing. So I highly recommend it. If you have not checked it out, this one came out in April. Blech. That's yeah. really cool because I I heard of them because the only piece of Nachachwin merch that I bought at Fire in the Mountains because I owned everything was their split with Bleg. Yes. So, bleg. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely check it out. It's, it's awesome. You know, and people give Rivers of Nil so much credit for using a sax. Fuck, what the hell do they have on a hurdy gurdy? It's like you don't even listen, to LVP. Twenty twenty three is the year of the hurdy gurdy. Sax has, almost, sax has had its time in the in the <laughs> in the spotlight. It's hurdy gurdy time now. I almost thought she was gonna say that they did a cover of Donovan's Hurdy Gurdy Man, and I was like, <laughs> I am for this. That would be a supremely baller move. Yeah. <laughs> well, my number four is an album that came out all the way back almost a year ago today. Back on January 7th, this is Wilder Run's Epigon. An album, a band I that... I knew it. I knew you were going to call that album. I knew it. I knew it. A I band, knew it. A band that made my, on my old podcast, a band that was my album of the year for 2015, Sleep at the Edge of the Earth. This is, you know, my love affair I have with Opeth. You know, I'm going to probably name my second child Opeth at this point. Uh, this is... Well, my wife says she has problems with that. Um, my child, Damnation, and my other child, Blackwater Park. <laughs> Will to Run is American Opeth, if you ask me, and they do it well. And this album, this album is amazing. It's their first major release on Century Media Records, and I think they carry the torch that they have had on their last couple albums well. They. They do again the long format melodic uh, vocals. They're they're all students of music. They all play you know different instruments that they've made. Um, they they're just masters at at their craft. And if you like a good Buke recommendation, you know I've said you know in the the music store that is the the Nine Circles podcast. If you go to the Buke section. You know, if you want to take a Buke copy, you know what you're getting. So Epigon by Wilder Run. I this album was not a hit 
across the board when no, we did it wasn't. it as a no. but I I stand with you. I loved this album. I thought it was great. It Thank took you, me a long friend. time to understand Wilderun because so many people were hyping up um oh god, what not Sleep at the Edge of the Earth. What was the one that came after that? No, the one that came after that was um was Veil of Imagination. Veil of Imagination. It took me a long time to get into Veil of Imagination, but this album I it clicked immediately. And I, I feel like that's that's a uh a, a testament to you know them moving on up in the world. This album was supremely not what I enjoy listening to. Uh, absolutely. But I will I, uh... I will say that. But as I as I had said when this was our album of the month in January, there is a lot to like about this album. And I think the one thing I do keep is that that it stops, Vince. No, actually, there is there's quite a lot to enjoy about it, even if I don't like it personally. I will say the thing I keep coming back to is that, like, this might be my favorite production job on an album I heard all year like this. This album sounds beautiful. It is beautifully engineered and it like it utilizes its space really well. It's a it's a joy to hear like in my ears. It makes my ears very happy it just doesn't work with my brain so you know I my friend opinion i love the what... opinion that they could have used more they could have done more if they're music students they could have done more homer did more than epigon ever will do and that is my opinion it may be wrong but i do not care i still stand by it you, you know that's what no there's no hurdy-gurdy here being used um just a bunch of different uh there's definitely a hammered dulcimer in there. So there's probably a little bit of hurdy-gurdy in the background. <laughs> oh, God. Our music teachers will be proud of us mentioning all these instruments here. Here we go. Now we will get to the real, where things get real dirty and hurdy-gurdy-like. Our number three pick. <laughs> uh, Ian. For my... For my number three pick, there there is no hurdy gurdy, but there are cellos on this one. So, um, the album that I would like to talk about is "The Quiet Earth" by Morrow, which is an album that I have not actually talked a lot about, as opposed to a lot of the other ones that I have mentioned and that I will mention. I have kind of kept this one close to the chest because it's an album that feels like very special to me. And it's special in the sense that, like, I don't want to share it with the world. <laughs> like, I, I would really like to keep this one to myself or at least, like, throw some element of surprise, you know, because I always end up spoiling what my top picks are throughout the year on these podcasts and stuff. But this is an album that, like, I I just, I love everything that Alex CF does. <laughs> I love, uh, um... Lightbringer, Lightbearer are Lightbearer. one of the best bands to have yeah. ever existed. And, period. And the, Hands the, down, the fall of the fall of Ephrafa are a band that I will. They they did what they had to do. They got in and they got out, and they promised that they wouldn't overstay their welcome. If you're looking for more in that vein, Morrow is. Yeah, it's it's a crust punk album that features heavy use of uh violin and cello, in the same way when, that like. Uh, Lightbearer and Fall of Ephrafa do. We were discussing before this podcast started um, what style when when you say you like punk, like what do you mean by that? 
when I say that I like punk, I like stuff that sounds like Borrow. Yeah. I like stuff that sounds like that first Fall of Ephrafa album. I fucking love Emo Crust, and I'm not ashamed to say it. Yeah. And this and album this is... is it is picture fucking perfect if yeah. you like that stuff. It is the spiritual successor to Ausla. <laughs> um and it's just it's it's so great. The there's like no joke, there's like 12 guest vocalists on the album. And it's just there's a like this rotating cast of voices in in the the traditional crust fashion where everybody's just sort of like yelling stuff over each other, but it doesn't ever feel super bogged down because it's all very much grounded in these like beautiful string melodies that tie the song together over just like the crashing D beat and like the the you know the crust gallop. You know what I'm talking about. Um it's just an album that I keep coming back to, and it's so, it's so fucking moving. It is definitely not like dumb guy music. It's very poignant. It's very, very beautiful. Um, and also, it does kind of make me want to punch a hole through six feet of concrete. So, you know, that's. I was gonna say the first time that I heard you mention this album, I was like, "Oh shit! I forgot to listen to that Moral album. I totally forgot that came out." And I listened to it. My very first thought was like, "This was grown in a lab for Ian to enjoy." Yeah, it, it is. It is. Yeah, it is. Somebody Alex made this album for me, and he gave it to me, and he said, "Here, I made this for you." <laughs> uh, it's great. I love it. the The effect, as intended, worked. <laughs> so. Great, great, great. Um, I, Moro, I, you know, did did you mention this on that month's episode? Very briefly, because this album okay. came out in March. Yeah, I think I, I mentioned it back then, but I didn't. I didn't spend a whole lot of time talking it up. Okay, because I usually do a good job of marking down albums as we go, and I'm just looking through my Spotify. I didn't have it marked down. Hmm. Okay. I, well. I tried to keep this one a little bit close to the chest. Mm, I like that. My number three is also close to the chest. I, I keep this one real close to my bosoms. Hera, your number three. My number three is someone that I think Vince would agree with me about because it's Dirge of the Hordes in one of these, I am your enemy. <laughs> like a Vince, let's go. Let's, let's fucking go. go. <laughs> Oh. Vince, the moral the story the moral of the story is if you ask for years and years, you finally get your album. Sometimes if you beg Dutch people on the internet hard enough, they will give you everything that you possibly asked for. Hell yeah. And you get Thank you to my boys from Utrecht for finally giving Indeed. me an album that is both black metal and screamo and not black metal slash screamo. It's both at the exactly. same damn time. It is. And the best part is, if you are short on time, it is 30 minutes long. <laughs> Vince is like, hell yeah. <laughs> okay. I like this album. I, I have to be, I'm a little biased. I did write about it. I was the one who kind of picked up the promo and decided to write about it because I was like, we're finally here. We're finally getting this album. I like this album because, again, I like to take some things out of my music. And what I like about this album is that it gives you a different perspective about life in a way that it makes you question some of the choices that you've made and also makes you like give an answer to some of the questions that you may have about fate. 
this album deals a lot with like what would happen if you never saw reality as you as you see it maybe your reality is just a perspective of what you do in your everyday or maybe it's just how you deal with your life right in this current moment and I like it because it puts those things into perspective like you can never get out of Plato's cave unless you actually leave the damn cave so yeah this album is great vocals are great music is great um it kicks so much ass and I'm so happy that the boys came back and are doing also more shows and hopefully we'll have new material because I need a new album from them ASAP. Thank you. That is my, I'm not off my little stool. I, this is in my, this is in my top. Uh, it won't be mentioned on this podcast, but it is among my, my winner's circle for this year. It is okay. so fucking good. The title track of this album has one of my favorite moments of music that I've heard this entire year. Um, Some of the best lyrics I've read of any album from this year. And it is, it gives me everything that I want it. They are so fucking good. You need to listen Mm -hmm. to this album. It is worth 29 minutes of your life. That album cover is raw as fuck. I haven't listened to it yet. It is raw as fuck. What they did with that one? What they did with that one is they took, you know, that image from, uh, who is that guy? What was his name? I keep forgetting. The guy who did the Uber image. I can't remember his name off the top of my head right now. But they took, like, that book cover thing, and they were like, you know what happened? We just we should just put fire, because reality is burning, and that's what they did. Oh, the guy standing at, like, the ocean? Right, like, he's looking one? out, and he's yeah. like, and you're oh, looking that, at him is from that behind. called Wander Around the Sea of Fog? Yeah, it's Wander Around the Sea of Fog. Yeah. Yeah, and they were like, let's just set this on fire, and that's what they did. Hmm. Sell me with the fine arts. I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, well, I really love this album, and uh, you should all go listen to it, because it's a good time. Okay, well, Vince, you gotta follow your friend again, my boy. She she made you happy with this one. Can you make her happy yeah, now? No, you really did. I <laughs> could talk about that album a lot. I, it's a constant companion of mine for this year because it's so easy to fit into your life. But my number three album of this year is not uh, is not that. It is a different album that I found myself returning to quite a lot this year. It is Birds and Rose Gris Klein, which I think is the preeminent Screamo album of the year. If we are talking about punk, my preferred genre of punk is Screamo, and Birds and Rose managed to do an artful and very serious take on the genre that hasn't lost its way along the way. Um, it embodies the most passionate and intense aspects of the genre that I love very, very much. It just sounds fresh and exciting. And this is the best album that they've ever put out. This has one of my favorite songs, possibly my actual favorite like heavy song that I heard this year on it. Um, I love this album a lot. I'm very surprised I haven't heard a lot more people talk about this. I but I love this great. album too. Yeah, I I actually <laughs> I did. know because one day I turned on my Spotify, <laughs> like my Spotify, like what are your friends listening to thing, and I saw you listening to Grizzai, and I'm like, got him, fucking got him. Yeah, you did. <laughs> Hook, line, and sinker. It's perfect. It's it's and it, it's it's such. I listened to that song for like where that was the only song I listened to for like three weeks. You know, way for you guys to really break the mold and what they say about twins, huh? Yeah, right. 
<laughs> I say this as someone who also has a twin and told me to go listen to Rock Shock. Yes, the diversity <laughs> is very different. Yeah, I couldn't. I I couldn't speak higher of this album. Okay, well, Dan, you're number three. So I have a bit of an upset here. Vince actually talked about what I submitted for the ballot as number three, because my number three when I submitted it was scarcity, which Vince talked about beautifully. I The only thing I have to add is that I found it interesting that the guy who isn't Doug Moore in scarcity, I can't remember his name, was also in Glenn Branca, who's an avant-garde composer. He's like the leader of his band at this point. And for anyone who's listening to this and is unfamiliar with who Glenn Branca is, basically he was an incubator for a lot of um, experimental guitarists in New York City in the 80s. Thurston Moore and Lee Ronaldo from Sonic Youth are maybe the most famous um, graduates, members of his ensemble at the time. So since Vince talked about scarcity, I feel no need to talk about it, but that allows me to move one my number two down to number three and then put in something that I listened to after I submitted my ballot and it's like, Jesus fucking Christ, this should have been on my ballot. Um, so my number three is an album that Ian wrote about back in, sep- I believe, September. It is a Squala Grind's Memory Theater. This <laughs> yes! Oh my is- God, this album's so fucking good. I, I listen to this. this is I love Grindcore. This is the year I remembered. I love Grindcore and Wormrot's Hiss is very good, but Memory Theater, a lot of Grindcore is just so overwhelming to listen to all in one go. And Esquela Grind have no problem just slowing down, letting these songs breathe, but they're also going at warp speed. They're just hitting it. They're just, it's so fucking good. <laughs> I listen to this album on loop because you just, I just listen to it over and over again because it's just so good. Yeah. This is this is also the year where I remembered that I love Grindcore, and it's because yeah. of Memory Theater that I yeah. remembered why I love Grindcore yeah. so much. It's just so it's such an exciting album, and I want to hear their next album because it it's like, what are these people gonna? What are what is this band gonna do next? They are because about to blow up. They are about yeah. to get so big, and I'm so happy for them. Yeah, it, this I I just cannot recommend this album enough it's i feel like because his came out and it's the last album with a reef on it and it sounds it's really good it's like a temple to grindcore but this album is so concise so to the point and the again these guys know how to let things breathe and it's like they'll slow down but then they'll hit back up like they do not miss a beat at all like this is a tight band and again i can't wait to see what they do next it's one of the best debuts of the year well no because it's their second album yeah it's their, it's their second one but it's their but big it's, break. yeah it's it's gonna be so the the future is gonna be so good for them yes. you know dan with all due respect i'm kind of mad that i can't say dan be quiet let me go listen to this album right now <laughs> like your enthusiasm for it like makes me want to go put it. And I'm not even a grind guy. Yeah. Like this is the album is like, I, I made a joke on Twitter that I was having a conversation with one of my friends. And I'm like, do you listen to Grindcore? And I'm like, I'm going to. And he's like, yeah, I do. And I'm like, you have to listen to this album. It's amazing. <laughs> 
Wow. Okay. Uh, as the as the resident one. grindcore stand, then I have to I have to ask <laughs> about very quickly if you would give your thoughts on my favorite grind release of this year, which is Cloud Rats Threshold. Yes. You do not know how angry I am. I did not find out about this album until like two or three days ago, and I probably uh, would have put it on my top ten. If I I'm so sorry. <laughs> that was my that was easily handily my favorite grindcore release of the year, as it is whenever Cloud Rat releases a yeah. new album because I think that they are just straight up the best. Yeah, they're phenomenal. I I I would be wearing my Cloud Rat T-shirt right now, except I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, wow. Well, that's man, you guys are coming in here with some some heat. Colin. In case you hadn't noticed, this is also the year where I rediscovered that I like grindcore a lot. So Colin, your number three. All right. My number three is uh, a band that we have already mentioned a couple times on this podcast, and that is the album Kanawa Black by Nichachwin. It's so fucking good, like so it's their first full length, um, seven years. And, you know, obviously like Native American themed or inspired, whatever, you, however you want to interpret it. Black metal has really, you know, popped off in that time since their last album. But they came back to, you know, show us how it's done because they, you know, they're just so fucking talented. They're, you know, great songwriters and the is a guitarist both you know his classical guitar type stuff and and his metal stuff his riffs his solos they're just so fucking good yeah this and of course and like we'd already you know like vince already mentioned you know we got to talk to aaron carey and um andrew Della cagna was not at fire in the mountains because he got covid but they're Very like sad. yeah they're like other member Oh, I I just looked him up today because I didn't remember what his name was. His name's Quinn Lucas. He's not even listed on the the Metal Archives page for Natchach one as like a live member or anything. But um, he like I don't know what he was going to be doing originally, but it wasn't going to be drums. But he like in two or three days learned all the stuff for Natchachman's you know they, live set at Fire they put Mons, out such a good show. Like yeah, just as the two of them to the point where like we didn't even realize that they weren't supposed to be a two piece until Aaron said something about it. Yeah. He was like, yeah, our set almost got canceled because Andrew got COVID. And so we didn't know what we were going to do. I'm like, if you hadn't said that to me, I would have thought your set went off exactly as planned. Like, yeah, they cannot were, they overstate were... how good musicians they are. Like quid like top tier professionals. Mm-hmm. When, yeah, when did this nice album, people. when did this album come out? Early. Like I know I listened uh, to it a bunch. Early. I love this in album. Like, in like the middle of the year, I think. I yeah. don't remember exactly, but um I'm trying yeah, to remember it's... if we listened to this album while we were driving through West Virginia. It would be the 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 best time. Uh, it came out in May, May, May. 13th. So no, this yeah, was after cuz I did I wrote on this vacation. one up for the website alongside Predatory Light, which I think came out around then, but mm-hmm. in doing so I called, I believe I called Nachachwin American Black Metal's best kept secret, and I, I stand by that. I have mm-hmm. zero idea why more people aren't talking about how good they are and how good this album is. Of yeah. all the albums I think that I had to relegate to the honorable mentions section, this one was the hardest. That's what like, I said number... during the uh, interview I did with Aaron. And I think the only reason why they're not on more people's radar vents is because there was such a gap hmm. that they came onto the scene and there was a lull that they kind of faded. 
And I think in the music business, you got to kind of stay. I think you got to maybe kind of put more maybe. releases out. Well, there, I mean, there's no question that they are, they are coming back strong as hell between the split with Panopticon and now Kanawa black. It's, it's unreal. They are uh, uh, to say it again, like the future is really bright for Nachachwin. And I am so excited for the rest of whatever it is they're going to do. This album fucks so incredibly hard. Yeah, like I want to give a shout out to it's my favorite song on the album, Generations of War, which it's like it's got the fucking like crowd kill section in it. It is just so cool to get that from, you know, like a folk black metal band like it. And then they have the funeral doom song. They've got the song. I think what is it? Um, I can only die but once. That's like all acoustic type stuff like I've... it's every it's everything that you ever loved about Nachachwin done yeah. to the best that they've ever done it and, and like, like again some of the sickest guitar solos i've heard mm -hmm. and especially the fact that it's like you're combining all these genres you know you've got their like folk black metal thing they have some prog metal elements they've got you know the folk whether it's appalachian folk or you know native american folk and then you know the just you know heavy metal just classic heavy metal type riffing going on and it all blends so well and it just you know it doesn't feel like you know oh we're doing this now and then doing this now doing this now no it just all blends to be you know one thing and that is the chachwin yeah it's, it's so fucking good yeah i'll second that i will say this not including this album in my best of year is is something that i think is haunting me it was so this album is so good. It was the it was literally just the ruthless calculus of war. Something had to be number 10. Yeah. And it was unfortunate that it was this album. And it is also unfortunate that I like to keep myself to a neat nine because it feels good to me. Like it was it was one of the hardest <clears throat> decisions I've made ranking a year end list in a long time where I was like, I really don't want to not talk about how good this album is. So thank you for giving me that opportunity. It fucks so hard. And that's why I alphabetized everything. <laughs> I love being mean to myself, though. I love being mean. I love feeling bad, and I love doing bad things. Bring on the pain. Angela, your number three? Yes. Um, mine is Mesa's Close. Um, fucking love this album. It came out in March, and it stuck with me all year. It's they're predominantly a doom band, but they incorporate jazz, blues, sludge, black metal. Um, they have a lot of dark ambience as well. And specifically in this album, they curated a Middle Eastern Mediterranean vibe. Um, and it's so good, so beautiful. Again, more unique instrumentation in this one, including sax and mandolin. Uh, they have a music video for the song Pilgrim that is phenomenal um that song first of all is wonderful but the music video i highly recommend it's very artistic and beautiful um and featured in that music video as well as in the cover art for the album is a dance called knock um that is performed by women along the algerian tunisian border and it's beautiful it's hypnotizing it's kind of akin to like headbanging the dancers swaying of the dancer's head and thrashing of the hair um and it's just in the video, it's so cool because it's the lead singer and she's featured with a couple other women. And it's just, the imagery is just so powerful and they're all doing this amazing dance. 
it's uh it's so good so yeah this this album is really powerful it's really beautiful um Buke, i think you were talking about this with me earlier this year yep. and yeah really liked it as well um <clears throat> it's amazing it's I've, it's kind of funny i saw a lot of people talk about how good this album was at the beginning of the year and then i kind of saw nobody talk about it so i almost forgot i thought this came out last year yeah <laughs> yeah it was early it was march um but yeah it definitely stuck with me and one it's one i revisited a lot you know like the zeal and ardor album there's a lot of soul and emotion with this there's a lot of there's there's a lot of feeling in it a lot that uh, really hooks you and it's it's a it's a great album the it's a it's a great that's a great recommendation it's a great pick anything else angela i feel like i have you waiting so long and i don't want to be rude and cut you off no it's all good <laughs> i'm good thank you <laughs> yes well my number three, I don't know where the hell this came from. This is, I am a fan, but I did not see this one come till I was doing some prep. This is Mismore in Thou. Myopia. We got him! We got <laughs> him, boys! Yeah. You likes black metal! This, I'm telling you, Finally. this... Let's this, fucking go! This is combines the slow emotion that I like, you know, Vince, the, the raw emotion. There's this, you know how I was describing this? Like you bring in Val's element that he brings in here and take the emotion that comes across with like a primitive man album. And you put it with like Mismer style and it's a Voltron metal match made in heaven. This I this album made me so ridiculously unreasonably happy because this was a complete surprise drop. Like there was no announce there was no announcement that this was going to happen. They just they were just like, "Hey, surprise, this is debuting at Roadburn and also you can listen to and pre-order this album right the fuck now. And I was like, oh shit, these are two of my favorite bands doing a collab and it's so fucking good. Like it is, yeah. it is exactly as good as a Mismore and Thou collab would have you believe that it could be. It's, I love this album a lot. I was just listening to it again the other day. <laughs> yeah. You I know, love this one too. It's, it's so good. Yeah, you know, what they they do together, you know, it's it's hard to describe how well they just fit Vince. They they, they you have to do they have any history before this? Oh, okay. So that's kind of there's a there's there is kind of a long so Mismore comes from a long line of bands that had their genesis in Salem, Oregon, you know. And, and that's kind of like the deep lore of all of that is that like Mismore and Hell and even like Blood Incantation, because Paul grew up in Salem, Oregon. So you have him playing in bands with people from like Hell, like Merkstav, like their old funeral doom band and stuff. So Thou went on tour with um, Leech and did a split with Leech, which was the pre which was a pre Blood Incantation Paul Riedel band. 
And, like, that's how Thou kind of got themselves tied in with, like, the Salem, Oregon heavy metal scene. So I would I would have to assume that, like, the two of them have been aware of each other and, like, probably are at least, like, casual friends. Because it seems also, like, when you – because I, I follow, you know, Mismore on Instagram and stuff. And he was talking about a little bit of the behind the scenes of, like, what – how this album came to be and stuff. And it seems like they were they were kind of, like, cool with each other to begin with. And this was, like – to like like because Mismore is kind of just one person in the studio it was like Mismore just kind of like sliding into thou and like a bunch of friends just like hanging out and, and doing cool stuff together you know I think it was Angela a couple years back who opened or maybe or was it last year when he when thou did the compilation with Emma Ruth was that last year I it was two years ago for two years, I think Angela was really high. Maybe Angela was really high on that. You and, and I it, both she was. Yeah, I really that's, like uh, that too. So good, and that's what put him like Val's work really on my radar. And it's just, it's his. It's just like I mentioned, Primitive Man. Just it's just such a primal. They are one of my favorite Doom bands. Yeah, it's just such a primal sound that they have. So you add in the Mismore element to it, and yeah. it's just it's just a great concoction of of metal it's, sounds that they, really they they work very well together, as you might as one might expect. Like Thou has always Thou have done collaborations with some strange bedfellows before. Like they have intentionally put themselves in situations with bands like that clash with them but this is two bands that are like almost born to work together like you knew this was going to be good from the minute that they said that it was going to happen yeah this was this was inevitable almost so this album you know came out in april i i did not find it till a couple weeks ago really like i said prepping again and i saw it appear on a list and i was like oh let me give this a listen and it was you know, no, no disrespect to my friend here because I'm sure he was high on it then when it dropped, and I must have slipped through my metal fingers. Um, but I found it now, and holy smokes! So I now I still haven't listened to it yet, hmm. bitch. It's so long, and I have so little time. It, it is, and that's the, that's either. kind of the only reason that it didn't rank higher is because it was so long so i didn't listen to it a ton but like mm-hmm. every time i did actually listen to it i'm like this is fucking great i i have another full week off of work and i i will fix this problem immediately i just have not had Good. time since i will April. say to listen to this album i the last time i listened to it i realized it is a good album for like doing stuff too so if you need a soundtrack for like cooking big batches or cleaning it's great for that that's yeah. that's the, on the docket for this upcoming week so yes i will use that as motivation to, to steal a page from uh my good friend venture this is a nice uh gilead media joint so of course <laughs> the best to ever do it imo i am ho so here we go ian is in the pit <laughs> yes well what else is new to the pit with you Yes, to the pit with you. Okay, here we go. We are winding down to our best of individual lists. We have two more to go. So, Ian, you're number two. 
All right, number number two, which depending on the day could be number one. It's probably not number one, but it like, could be. If it's the most recent album that I listened to, then yeah, it's it's it could very well be number one for this year. Um, and it is Black Braid One by Black Braid, um, which might be part of the reason why. I don't know. I I loved Kanawa Black, but the connection that I had with this album was immediate and profound, and it very quickly was like. From the first time I listened to it, it was like the only album that I listened to for about a month straight. Um, And I cannot get enough of this album along with Kanawa Black. I am so happy that both of these albums came out in 2022 because this is the kind of shit that we need more of in black metal. It's a very underrepresented aesthetic. And and both of these albums, both Kanawa Black and Black Braid One, are made by people who are doing it right. But this album just it fucking rips. And this it an independent release, literally out of nowhere, out of the middle of nowhere, comes onto the scene and just fucking explodes. And for something that is on like with no fanfare whatsoever it's got incredible production incredible songwriting like aesthetics out the ass it is so fucking unbelievably good and it is so fucking refreshing of a black metal album that like i can't help but immediately fall for it and i just want to know when black braid 2 is going to happen because this album this album goes straight for the throat and it is it is so oh, it, it's so visceral it's so moving it's such a good fucking it's just such a good fucking time this is an album where i will play it and then the last track will end and i will say to myself that's not enough and i have to i compelled to play this album over again it's I just I feel such a strong connection to this album you know the thing about this and like you said rarely in music like this does something come that we don't know of like you know over my shoulder chemist here I think they're one of those most recent bands to me that boom exploded on the scene just out of nowhere they showed up and they were like okay chemist is here um, but Black Braid's the same thing. They boom. I'm talking lists. Everywhere, everybody talking about yeah. Everywhere, and for good reason. This yep. album, this album, fucking slaps. Yeah, it's a good. Yeah, you know, for for our other black metal people, Colin, did you give this one a listen? I I did. I'm. I, I'll have to give it more listens because I mean he had released the first like couple singles and I thought those were you know pretty good and stuff but I mean this album honestly didn't click with me at all. Hmm. I I could have gone because the his debut show I, he's from New York but his oh his live debut is in Long Beach at a place that like Vince and I saw a show there a few you know a month or two ago and I've seen I saw Wayfarer there early this year but anyway but I could have seen him live but I saw I was seeing Lady Gaga that night. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> but okay. um, 
but I mean, yeah, this one just hasn't clicked with me at all. It's kind of just seemed more like you're more your standard, like kind of melodic, but not totally melodic black metal. I'll have to give it more listens, honestly, because I, I just, you know, I, yeah. I owe it that and stuff. But yeah. yeah, this one just didn't click with me as well. I think Vince probably agrees with me. I know we've talked about yeah, this. Yeah, I, I, di- I, I didn't really like this album, but... And I will say, but I really don't want to be a hater about this because I'm also really happy that this album exists in the first place. And like, it's really easy to see on listening to it why people are drawn to this album. Like, this is an album for a for like a subset of person. There, this is a style of black metal that is like really appealing to a specific person and i'm just not that <clears throat> is it is it am i that specific person yes <laughs> you are Ian, i don't do know you, what that means do i like, i don't do i like don't Magua? either and i'm and, I'm gonna be real well, with you <laughs> i used to like magua a lot <laughs> yeah yeah and i think that's why i like this album so much because the, it the, does do that same it reminds sort of me thing. so much of all of the bands that i have rightfully been uh, leaving in the dust as as time marches on and we find out about what like at the very least morally questionable shitheads some of these people are i can i i i miss the music and i think this album hits a lot of those same notes yeah without knock on wood hopefully being <laughs> captained by a giant shithead <laughs> i want blackbraid 2 to blow my tits off I think I want, it will, and my I, I'm that. That's basically where I landed with this album. Is like I can understand why people like this. I don't, but like I really hope that the next one is the one that gets me into this band because I, I want to say keep, this. I want to keep trying. It's compelling. This album, if you haven't listened to the final track, if you haven't listened to "Prying Open the Jaws of Eternity," that track did in fact blow my tits clean off. Hmm. So. What what I want is a Black fucking two step part that drops in the middle. That's un unbelievable. I want for Black Braid two to be like I'm not okay. If we're gonna compare Black Braid to Magua, you know, I'm gonna say I want Black Braid two to be like, you know, more more of a panopticon type thing. Not that Austin Lund's a shithead because he's obviously not, but like I want the more like atmosphere. I want to have you know. If, okay, if, if Panopticon is to like American folk, what Soar is to Scottish, you know, in folk music, or I'm trying to think of someone else for, you know, that style. Winterfell, like, maybe. Yeah. Or like, Ooh, I'm yikes, to think <laughs> but like, I just want to have that, you know, Panopticon style merging of, you know, indigenous folk and more atmospheric yeah. black metal. If he yeah. goes in that direction, that would be fucking awesome. It I hope he does that. Like- it seems very likely that that is the direction that he's going to go. It just really what it depends on is because he's a free agent still. So what label is going to mm. scoop this project I up? I feel like it's going to be I don't a very like there's there's any way that this guy enters 2023 like his next release is going to get put up by somebody big. Fucking century it's, it's media got enough or some hype shit to, or relapse or some shit. It, it's it the same go thing that happened when, when I mentioned Dungeon Serpent last year. It's the same thing that happened with them. He was scooped right up there. Yeah, and it was it was immediately apparent why because that album ripped and like there's no way somebody wasn't going to jump on that. Yeah, it's it's same thing with this. The fact that it's not scooped up, it's already been done. We just haven't seen someone is going someone is going to offer this man a contract worth a lot of money. Yeah, 
bolts and they're going to knock on his cabin in the middle of the Adirondack wilderness with two big sacks that have dollar hey, signs on them. For all we know, it could be Austin. If it were by Drew, that would be cool as fuck. Oh, I will, I, I will put, I will put that on my manifestation board. Yeah, <laughs> fucking whiteboard that shit. <laughs> well, because uh, there was something like people were, like the Fire in the Mountains page. They posted something about who do you want to who do you want to see at the next Fire in the Mountains, and like you know the Black I, Yeah, that's a very himself. easy. Yeah, he was to like, oh, I'd love to do this, and then they like reposted it, you know, kind of thing. Like that's that's, that's happening for sure. That's precious. That's so cute. It'd be dope as fuck, though. I will say. You are you guys going to Fire in the Mountain next year? It's not next year. It's twenty twenty four. Yeah, okay. they're so taking next a break. Year they're going to have it. Okay, but 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 rest assured that when that happens again, we will be going. No question. Great. Yeah, Corey, that means you will be there too. I'm just speaking for you. Oh yeah, Corey's Corey's <laughs> coming. I mean, if I have to fly there first and drag him the rest of the way back across the country, <laughs> yeah, every everyone should come to that. Well, we need to have a nine circles. I want to meet bad. up. Yeah, I really regret not going to Fire in the Mountains. We we really regret not going to Fire in the Mountains this past yeah. summer. Absolutely, you should yeah. having been there. I will say you should. Yeah, it's 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 pretty cool. It's it's yeah. it's good. Oh, Hera, you're number two. Drop it. I feel like my number two is a lot of people's number ones, given by the picture on the site. So I'm just going to say it. Uh, it's Seal of Arters, self-titled. Um, our Lords and Savior, Seal and Arter. Okay, there's a, there's a lot to unpack, I think, about this album as a whole, because this is an album that I really enjoyed, but it was not my number one. And a lot of people are going to be like, but Kat, you talked about this a lot. Kara, actually. You talked about this a lot. Why didn't you put it as number one? For the simple reason that the more I listened to it, I didn't go back to it for the album as a whole. I went back for it for the songs. I feel like there's a lot of really, it's really a strong album. It is heavy. It is industrial as fuck. But I kept coming back for it because the album, because the album has really good songs. Also, I gotta say it, I like how Manuel Gagano took Gotten Damarong and basically was like, you know what, we're gonna take the title of this very interesting opera song and I'm gonna just sit, make it my own and say fuck you to uh, Richard Wagner because Wagner was an anti-Semite. Fun fact for you opera people, for people who know hmm. opera. But yeah, I really like Silent Ardor. I feel like this is their strongest album yet. They ha- I'm very excited to see where they go next. And maybe, maybe I'm hoping that they keep the uh, the industrial. I wanna, I wanna see that go a little bit further. I wanna see how long they can take it for. Okay. Zeal and Ardor coming in at number two. Mm-hmm. Well, Vince. So my number two album for this year was "Key to a Vanishing Future" by Falls of Rauros. Another album which Hell I yeah. spent Hell yeah indeed. Another album one. which in which I spent almost an entire podcast talking about it because I was the one who insisted that everybody talk about this album for that particular month. Um and for good reason. It's the best album that they've ever put out from a band that does not put out bad albums. Um it is a wild musical leap that they managed to stick the landing of with utter grace 
It is somehow the darkest and the most hopeful music that they've ever put out. It is exemplary American black metal, and it is put out by some raging awesome fucking dudes. I love Falls of Raros. I will ride or die for them. They they don't ever fucking miss. No. They never fucking miss. Because <laughs> Grit's a strong one. It's a, like a bunch of these albums have been uh, this year. Yeah. This album is a is a journey. It's it, it is really like, is. It it takes you some places. Yeah, and it's they they've always done that, but these places are very different that it takes you on this one. Like the uh, the Win album is it's 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 a journey and i it's a it's a great recommendation um the guys you know jordan i've interviewed him a couple of times wonderful wonderful guy um shout out for it endure me yes by the way yes love that fucking band talked about them on the podcast before we'll talk about them again we should be getting new material from them chamber folk project which is just outstandingly inventive music yes wonderful wonderful stuff so yeah that's 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 a great pick at number two which surprisingly another one that i have not seen make a bunch of lists when i look around because i'm the best because i'm the best and you're all a bunch of cowards yes it's one of those for granted people that just put out great music and it's just like well it's just great music it's what they do but it's like i it's not in my top five but that elder album that i love um, it's really fucking good, but Elder always released a really fucking good album. That's true. That's a yeah. good point. That's a great yeah. point. Yeah. The same with Nadja, but I put Nadja on here because no one talks about Nadja. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're number two then. My number two. So this is the one that had I listened to it before I submitted my ballot, it absolutely would have been my number two. So I am correcting myself even though it will not have contributed to the overall and it is ash inspires hostile architecture which is if you know me and as you will all get to know me uh if a genre of music has the word post in front of it i will eat it up with a spoon (laughs) we're gonna get along we're gonna get along great (laughs) so this album is post post rock post punk Post metal, it is ever, it is like hits all the boxes for me. And it is an angry screed against the housing prices and the what it is like to live in a city and how cities are a prison. It's about brutalist architecture. It is, it's a band from Scotland. So that's another check off the box for me. Um, it, it's phenomenal. Like it will, in one minute, it's just like these crunchy, roaring guitars and then the next minute it's this moody just sort of like instrumental piece with like violins and stuff and strings and then it goes back into the angry roaring guitars it's like time changes and they're an ensemble it is what i want to hear in an album it is and it like i said it politically speaks to me it is like if i had heard this when it came out i would have been talking about this from the roofs Thank you for once again reminding me that I forgot to listen to this album. <laughs> there were a lot of people on staff that liked this too. At least one other person that I know of spoke very highly of this album. And I, for whatever reason, just kept forgetting about it. Yeah, I've been hearing lots of good things about this one and just haven't checked it out yet. But it sounds like it's up my alley as well. 
Same. You know, it's it's it, on my list of albums to look into for 2023. Dan, I have always heard that term, but I'm not sure what it means. What do they they mean by post? So, oh God, you could write a <laughs> thesis on that. I know oh, you, no. you, but, but you know, like like as Reddit says, explain it to me like I'm five. Okay, so I think the best way to describe post-rock, and post-rock has become an entirely different thing than what it started out as. Originally, it was music made, it's a rock band structure, but it's with different styles of music that are traditionally not rock incorporated into rock songs. And this album is a really good example of that earlier kind of post-rock before you get to like, Mogwai, Godspeed You Black Emperor, Explosions in the Sky, where it just becomes sort of these long passages before they crescent they go build up and then crescendo back down. AKA and love- one of my favorite things on earth. So watch <laughs> what you're saying right now. <laughs> now don't don't get me wrong. One of the best concert experiences of this year for me was Godspeed You Black Emperor, which I finally got to see live. Unbelievable like, love- band live. <laughs> I they're phenomenal. Like I love Mogwai, I love Godspeed. But I also love that earlier version of post-rock where they were expecting, experimenting with time signatures, getting really weird, just building mood and atmosphere, but also using like soundtrack, like film soundtracks as an inspiration. They were going to poke to Krautrock and dub and incorporating those into the structure of a rock band. And this album reminds me of that earlier version of post-rock before it kind of calcified into the godspeed and mogwai kind of sound of what it is and then post-punk is basically joy division the cure those bands oh okay okay so it's like a yeah it's it is like a thanksgiving leftover plate of music kind of it's taking a (laughs) genre before it and then turning it into something else and incorporating different sounds like mm. post metal is stuff like neurosis, Isis, stuff like that. Bands like those. Yeah, I uh, I've always heard that that you know in the couple of decades now I've been you know living oh. the metal world. I've always I've never been able to explain that to someone. So thank you for. It's, it's a it's a descriptor that oft I think gets overused, especially yeah. now. There's a tendency to call a lot of stuff post, and it's just like, mm-hmm. what what did you actually mean by that? But like right. Dan did a Dan did a, a good job of of breaking it down. Well, thank well, thank you guys. That's why I have smarter people on on staff here. Well, um, like I I kind of say. I don't know if everyone would agree with me, but like I'd say Song of Salvation is like I would call that like post death doom. And I would I would not disagree with you on that. I think that's a bold move, but I can absolutely see where you're coming from with it. Because it's, you know, it. Yeah, it's got the death doom stuff, but it's incorporating so much more into it. And it's, you know, it's. I think think if anything, if you could call anything post death, it would probably be that album. That would be like like breaking new ground as far as like that goes. Well, thank you for educating me. We will take this train rolling. Next is Colin, your number two. My number two is an album that I will thank Vince for introducing me to, because it actually came out on my birthday on May 20th of this year, but I completely ignored it. And that is Predatory Light, Death and the Twilight Hours. This album 
fucking rips. I'm it so slaps. Yeah, fucking slaps, bro. Like I'm so mad that I missed their that I hadn't known of the band when there was the 20 buck spin label showcase in Los Angeles. It was, yeah, it was that like was, the week after Fire in the Mountains. It was so it was like, like it was a couple days after Fire in the Mountains, and I'm just like, I'm too tired to do this. Yeah. I did not I, go to that either. I know that would have been I, so dope. I, I want to see them live, but I actually because the Mr. Mr. Buck Spin, the whoever runs 20 Bucks Spin, had did like an Instagram QA and he and I I asked, I was like, you know, is Predatory Light gonna tour in 2023? And he said, No, not that I know of. So I'm like, fuck, I really want to see this played live because there is a video of the the dude who like videos every show that happens in LA. The YouTube channel is like it's called Sex Thrash 69 or something like that. But they film everything, and I was watching the Predatory Light I I video. I think I know exactly what dude you're talking about. Yeah, which and is hilarious. Yeah, and it's and they were fucking awesome. Like I think they just played the whole album through. They might have omitted one song. I can't remember, but yeah, this album. It's, I mean, it's it's like this weird liminal space between black metal and classic heavy metal, where you've yeah, it sounds like a black metal album, but it also doesn't. I mean. The way I see it is like this album is like half most of the riffs on it in any other band would be like leads, you know, like because it's higher register stuff. It's but there's no rhythm guitars under it. It's just the two guitars harmonizing these, you know, crazy lead type stuff. And it just sounds fucking awesome. And even the bass will join them sometimes. Yeah, the bass is usually holding the low end, but then it'll just join in on these, you know, fucking incredible twisted riffs and like just the the atmosphere on this album because, you know, it's all about the Black Death, you know, and it's it just feels so incredibly apocalyptic. You know, it's like it just evokes that feeling of like God has abandoned us. You know, death is you know, the master of this land and all that kind of stuff. It's fucking incredible. I actually, I brought out, I brought up my little CD here because I, I wanted to read it some liner notes type stuff. Oh, I, I like it. this. Yes. Yeah. Because the lyrics on this album is what made me kind of like fall in love with it even more because I bought the CD and no one had put the lyrics on Metal Archives yet. So I put it up myself. If you oh. want Metal Archives, it's because I put it there. Mr. Wikipedia himself over here. I like right? it. Right. It was an album had been out like over three months and no one had bothered to do it yet. But this is this is not actual lyrics, but it's like a little liner thing. So it says upon a vespertide eve in a forest veiled came three kings in their nightfall roaming. There three corpses stood with bones whitely paled, cold as death in the autumn gloaming. As we are, so you shall be, the frightful corpses said, sighed the, sighed the sorrowed kings. Upon our lives we fear the hour, by fateful judge you'll join the dead. How he from fires comes to strike the earthen tower. Hear the story of how the end shall be. Trumpet-tongued, death shall prevail. Of sickness and horrors your eyes will see. Fear not your ruin and pray to no avail. Failed in the pursuit of fate, no dawn may rise. As human sin inculcates the minds of the fallow-hearted, by seven seals life to oblivion dies. With sorrow and longing tear, all souls to hell departed. Plead like angels in eternal night enfolded, and thrice cry woe to the inhabitants of the earth. It's just that's so fucking cool. That's fucking hell. Yeah. That's, just, that, that's, that, that's 
phenomenal. It also sounds like the thing they say in Beetlejuice when they're trying to exercise the, the husband and wife at the very end of it. Uh-huh. Yeah, like I don't think they 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 took from some like old sources and probably like biblical type stuff. Like it's not all just them, but it just it fits so perfectly with yeah, this album is just it's so fucking cool. I'm it is, it is another it is another tremendous example of a black metal album that rocks. Mm-hmm. So it's like the polar opposite of Anexorum, where Anexorum is about like you know yeah. the triumph of the human spirit. Yeah, it's very, it's very much. Stuff. I can do this. I've got this. And then and this then, album is like, no, fuck your life. <laughs> yeah, it's you know the pestilence is here, the plague is here. Human sin has you know caused God to abandon you, and death is your only God now. And yeah, it's but it's it's fucking awesome. And I haven't found anything. I've talked to Vincent about this. I'm like, I'm trying to find stuff that sounds that hits the same way this does and i haven't found anything yet like you know people recommend oh it sounds like negative plane or funereal presence or whatever but i'm like nah, this those don't hit the same way they they seem fine but i would i would say that it sounds probably the most like negative plane but there isn't i would say that the band that it sounds like the most is superstition but there's a very obvious (laughs) reason for that and it's because predatory light and superstition are for all intents and purposes the same band yeah, like it's just superstition. It's all the same guys. Superstition is the four of them when they play death metal, and Predatory Light is the four of them when they play black metal. So, like, if you like this album, go listen to the last Superstition album that came out because it also whips ass in exactly the same way. Yeah, so, yeah, this album kicks ass. I'm very glad because I hadn't heard their previous stuff. This was this was my first introduction to Predatory Light, so I'm very glad yeah, just I be careful because the other stuff doesn't sound like this. Yeah, the first album is like fine, but it's more doomy. And I mean, it's got the cool leads and stuff like that. You know, the the cool, like, demented, twisted, high register riffs, but it's not the same way. If you like early Predatory Light, like the self-titled Predatory Light, go listen to Heretical Sect. Hmm. How black metal is this? On a buke buke black metal scale, is this like... Is this... I, I would say this isn't buke poison, <laughs> but it might not be to your taste. It's somewhere in the middle. Because those fucking lyrics have me wanting to just go grab a broadsword and just go do some, do go slay some skeletons or something. It, yeah. yeah, it's very, it's I mean, very Draugr slaying music. Man. Because I mean, it's yeah, it's got blast beats. It's got you know, it doesn't. I mean, there's not as much like you know, wall of chords, trim picking type stuff. It's really like the. The best stuff on this album that's so many of the riffs is just like I mean it's high register like it's there's a lot like of legato so there's stuff. a yeah. lot of like I, it's hard to describe it without using musical terms that I don't think you would understand if you haven't like played a guitar but it's very like there's a lot of hammer-ons and the riffing is very like up and down the fretboard like it's not necessarily like straight tremolo picked stuff okay yeah okay. I mean so the the closing track on the album because there's it's only four tracks the opening track is like 14 minutes long so it's like a little it might be a little hard to get into but the closing track it's called deplete like angels which they that was referenced in that thing that i read that the closing song that the opening and closing riff on that song is like my favorite thing of the year it's just so fucking it's cool. very very tight 
It's yeah. very tight. If that if that doesn't hook you, then the rest of the album probably won't. So check that out that was song. The, that was the song that they released as the single from this album, too. So, like, it's a good example of what you're in for. So I would say do what Colin says. Listen to that song. If you like that song, check out the rest of the album. If you don't like that song, just know that the rest of it's more like that. Yeah, and that was the song that Vince had on his playlist in his car, and where I was like, we were probably talking and stuff, and I'm like, whoa, what is this? Like, this sound, this whips ass. What is this band? It, it sure does. <laughs> hmm. Okay. Wow, man. Angela. Yes, sir. Um, my second pick is Origins by Sir or Sore, <laughs> however you want to pronounce it. Um, Andy Marshall. Can do no wrong <laughs> um it's you know black metal folk metal with the scottish flair <laughs> um oh it's so good the title track is one of my most listened to of the year and i will never tire of it or the album itself um it's got these pensive somber moments amidst these roaring black metal moments and just really infectious melodies and amazing riffs it's so fucking good um so fucking good i think this probably appeared on a couple people's lists at some point <laughs> well you know i'm surprised at how heavy black metal is our list or leaning this year angela you're really surprising me with some of your picks here coming down the the stretch this one is a surprise i didn't know you have a little black metal in you like this mm-hmm. I especially like it when there's the folk influences as well. Yes. I think that's always yes. a really cool combination. But mm. yeah, my list also has plenty of doom though. <laughs> Colin, did, did this one do anything for you in your, your black heart? This, I, I've only listened to this a little bit. Uh, Soar was previously one of my favorite bands. Like the album Aura is especially that one. Like that really hooked me. And, you know, I, I'm not... I don't, the dude, uh, Andy Marshall, like there were some things with him where it was like vaguely sketchy, but not a hundred percent. Oh, were there really? Oh God, I mean, no. I don't. He is he's, rumored to be a national, like right leaning. And I cannot confirm nor deny that those are things to be true, which is yeah, why I, I kind of also stopped listening to Sar. Yeah, I don't, I mean, the way I've seen it, like and I've, you know, delved a little bit into more like Scottish politics stuff mostly did the the comedian Limmy like mm. his the way he talks about things basically I think you know Mr. Andy Marshall's just kind of like a you know he's just sort of like a right-leaning nationalist type guy he did have like a pretty sketchy project earlier in his like when he was a lot younger that was like re- released on Darker Than Black like I don't think you know the the NS label from the uh, absurd guy but mm-hmm. I don't think he you know, he just seems to not really give a shit more than anything. Like, I don't like, you know, it's not something where I'm like, oh, I'm going to, you know, totally disavow sore and like not listen to it or whatever. Not like that at, at the slightest. But yeah, this but anyway, this album didn't grab me as much as some of his earlier stuff has. I maybe I probably just have to spend more time with it. It just didn't really grab me on a first listen, which I was kind of surprised by because they'd been one of my you know favorite bands for yeah. a while. There was there was something with this album. Because I have previously been very, very high on Sora, and I did not like this album. Like, straight up really? did not like it at all. Yeah, there's something 
there's something about their music that has changed that I do not like. Hmm. But I, I kind of don't want to be a hater about this no, because yeah. it's your number two album of the year, and I know I mean, that it no, ranks I higher mean... on somebody else's list. So, like, I don't, I don't want to be a hater. I just this, I That's there's okay. something about this album that I really did not enjoy. And, Angela, That's is fair. Origins the the track to check out? Yes, I think. So. Um, and no, I love, I love that we all have varying tastes and opinions on stuff. I think that's what makes hopefully our podcast interesting to listen to, um, to other people. Um, but yeah, that's interesting about that, about Andy Marshall. I did not know any of that. So that's upsetting. Well, yeah, um, I mean, but, but, like, but you know what though, let's take thing. I just want to say that I don't, you know, you guys all very well know those of you who've been on the podcast for years, I don't have any, you know, a social media presence. So, you know, you guys have pulled back the curtain on me a couple of times saying, you guys really wouldn't like that person. If I were you, I wouldn't like that band. I'm a right leaning guy myself, but I'm far from a Nazi or a hater. Or You guys know how the nice jolly guy I am. So, you know, when I hear rightly, I don't know, you know, because I don't know the inside scoop like you guys do. You know, I, I, I but, you know, if somebody, but you guys have said a couple of times, oh, Buke, that guy, you know, they've come out like a, you know, like a Nazi or, you know, a, na- a white nationalist or something. I'm like, yeah, I don't want to touch that with a fucking 10 foot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's like yeah. I, I, sometimes I mean, you that's just, true. You just have to let people know. And also, it's like what happened with Violet Cold. Oh, um, yeah. Let's not yeah. even that start was, with that. that. I don't uh, understand that because that was just I mean, a that's like, weird guy acting weird on the internet for attention. I, mean, I don't think there's like anything more to it than that. Thing, like it was just really bad, and I just had to be like, "All right, I'll throw, I'm going to yep. have to throw all of this in the trash." <laughs> Yeah, I mean, what I'll say about Andy Marshall, I mean, honestly, it was kind of a thing. So the album I mentioned, you know, Aura, the second Soar album, you know, there's some the very first song on that album, Children of the Mist. It's got, you know, it's a fucking awesome track. Like, it's just, you know, incredible stuff. But I mean, it's got a lyric lyrics on it. And it's like, this is an okay. well, this is an album that, you know, Austin Lund performed session drums on. You know, I don't know if he read the lyrics beforehand, anything like that, anything anyway. But it's like. There's a lyric on it about, you know, something, something, this age of degeneracy. And I'm like, okay, you know, red flag there. It's like, what is he talking about? Like, you know, environmental yes. stuff, you know, but probably not. Like, what are you, you know, it's just, what are you talking about when you're talking yes. about degeneracy, dude? Is it? Yeah, is it that's like, interesting. Yeah. yeah so, that could mean so many I mean, different things. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like at the end of the, you know, but he's also, you know, collaborated with, or you know toured with or whatever you know done stuff with people or very much not into that stuff in the slightest so i don't know i think he just doesn't really care more than anything he hmm, seems more interesting. but yeah i mean i'm not gonna you know i'm not i don't think he's like you know a nazi or anything andy marshall like he had yeah, his yeah. and i and there was something i read that you know the the album that it was it's some band that his like solo project he had it was called like white wolf or something like that when he was in his early 20s that was the mm-hmm. one that got released on you know the blatant ns label darker than black but mm-hmm. you know and then i read something somewhere that was like oh he didn't actually want you know that that just kind of like happened that he didn't really want it to be put out there i don't know mm-hmm. that just might be bs but lots lots of people do dumb stupid things when they're in their late teens and early 20s like it it yeah you know, yep 
Well, it's yeah, like with respect. Yeah, the guy from Alcest had to uh, disavow. <laughs> how like, many? Look. How many times now has he had to make a public statement saying, "Like, I am so sorry that I was 15 years old and not really as aware as I am as a 30 year old adult." How many yeah. times have we been through that? At yeah, this point? that's exactly what I was thinking. Uh, about. Yeah, exactly. The poor guy, it's, just it's... like every week, is just like, "I'm sorry." Yeah. <laughs> It's like, here's the thing, right? And this is like the weirdest tension we've made on this podcast, I think, so far. But here's the thing. When you make when you make mistakes as a teenager, you make those mistakes and that's okay. You learn from them, you move on. The problem is not, oh, this person did something dumb and didn't change. They actually did the right thing, whatever moderately wrong thing you want to condemn them for. They left at, they worked things out, they did everything right they're a new person they don't aspire to those um, ideals anymore it's the people who don't change like the guy from absurd who does dumb shit like get arrested for committing murder and then comes out releases an nsbm label that's the kind of people we're like all right you need to go into the incinerator by yeah absolutely yeah yeah but anyway i don't think I don't think Andy Marshall's like, you know, there's definitely worse people in black metal. Like, I mean, for the most part, it's not like he's well, I mean, like the worst thing that he's done recently was there was like when um the the two in because he's from Glasgow and the two main like uh, uh football teams there are the Celtics and the Rangers, and like the Rangers won some big cup or whatever, and all these like Rangers fans went into a park in Glasgow and like were destroying the park and like destroying these like you know memorial benches and stuff and he was posting it on his instagram and later deleted it and shit because he probably didn't want to get <laughs> arrested and stuff yeah. and it's like oh interesting like it's that's, that's yeah. just like that's hooliganism though yeah, that's he's... like part of the culture <laughs> yeah but that was just kind of funny that he that's like that's like if 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 you know if the blackhawks win the stanley cup People in downtown Chicago are going to flip over cop cars and set them on fire. Like, oh, the only thing, thing that, that stopped me from fucking flipping cars over and burning down homes when my Washington Capitals won the Stanley Cup was I was a cop. So that's why I didn't yeah. do it. I would have been flipping fucking fire trucks and shit. So. See, also, oh, all man. of the World Cup celebration in Argentina were a bus man. <laughs> you know, Angela, I have to check this out because their album, Forgotten Paths. I really mm-hmm. liked a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I will that give this a, a listen. I will amend my previous statement when I said Andy Marshall can do no wrong because Mary Hapster is some wrong he can do. But in way of fear, the music is very good in my opinion. Well, I will check that out. You know, and yeah. um, you know, people have, you know, we all know varying degrees of people more than others, you know. It, you know, like I said, I have a bunch of useless video game knowledge. You know, you could say something about a video game and I could hit you with some fact that people might not know. And, you know, so we don't know. We're all naive to various things or some things, you know, aren't that bad or bad or whatever. But Origins was your number two. My number two is Enveloping Absurdity by Phobo. Felix, Phallic. I interviewed him on the podcast. Don't, no, it's not Phobo Phallic. It's definitely not Phobo Phallic. Don't no, say it's that. It's definitely not. It's definitely not. I you guys know I butcher things. Phobo Felix. This album is 
an absolute gem of pure death metal. These up and comer here, these kids here, I say kids because they're probably some young 20 something year olds, high school age kids, you know, just out of high school. They blow up in my world here with their debut here. This album is amazing. The production quality is amazing. The guitar tones are sick. The solos are amazing. Great lyric. Everything about this album for a, a death metal guy, you know, where where Vince and Colin and Angela are your death metal people and your grind people, you know, death metal buke here. If you like my picks again, this album, you must, must check this out. This album is awesome and i can't do any more to it and it's just a good death metal album and it blew me away and i listened to a shit ton of music and this blew me away so with that said let's move on to what everybody came here for our number one album of 2022 i can't believe we all picked scissors sos that album is phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Podcast over. Thanks for listening. And thanks very much. We're out of here. See you in 2023. <laughs> With that said, we will get to our number one pick. So, Ian, you have the honor of uh, going distinction. first. Well, kind of embarrassed. My number one album is Origins. <laughs> um, I remember distinctly the moment that my friend texted me to say, hey, there's a new Sear single and you got to listen to the whole thing. Um, and it was this title track. It was the title track, um, which happens to be the last song on the album. And out of everything that I have listened to this entire year, there is still no single moment that does more to me than the switch into the end of that track from like the main, the main riff out of the guitar solo right into that, the buildup and, and everything that comes after that, there is no single moment in in music of 2022 that does more for me than that one particular moment. And if that was everything that was good about origins, then I think it still might be in my top 10, but I, this is the least black metal that Seer has ever been. And I think they're better for it. I love, I loved everything that they've done before. Forgotten paths. Awesome. Oh, you, you muted, muted, muted yourself, my muted. friend. Yeah, I didn't muted yourself. <laughs> you muted yourself again. It's because I'm looking up stuff on Spotify, and That's then such a thing. <laughs> I I have myself muted. I have to hold spacebar to uh, unmute myself. But then mm -hmm. if I'm looking on Spotify and also holding spacebar, it just plays music. Um, anyway, yeah, Forgotten Path's awesome, Guardian's awesome. I've been a fan of them for a very long time, but this is a very different album than they've made in the past. It embraces a lot more like new wave of British heavy metal, more like classic heavy metal vibes than just the straight like folksy.
black metal. Um, but there's moments on these tracks where everything sort of fades away and the, the focus tightens. Um, there's a lot more immediacy to these songs than something like a, like a, mm. like a, like a forgotten paths or, a, or a monad that, that takes a long time to build up to something great. I think this is an album that is more about just like, I don't know, tightening everything up and, and, and really honing in on what makes what makes this band so great and we'll always have the stuff that came before it. But I think origins is the start, if you will, of something new for this project. And I think this album is a enormous triumph for, for the band. And it is definitely something that I have not been able to get enough of the more I listen to it. Ian, is this a band that's been able to come stateside yet? Have you had a chance to see yes, this? Yes, we, Angela and I, have seen them open for, uh, no, sorry, Wayfarer open for them. Um, and it was it was awesome. It was so good to see them live. They were yeah. headliners at Fire in the Mountains in 2019. Mm. Yeah, they were they were the closing band. Like Wolves in the Throne Room was the ultimate headliner, so they they had they closed on Saturday, mm. but then Sunday closing was sore, and they had to play a couple more shows beforehand. Like they started what well, was actually the uh, Sky Eater. Uh, they did a they did a little West Coast run up to Wyoming. Yeah, but in like the day that they were playing in Los Angeles was like the day that we were leaving to go up to Wyoming or something like that. It was that. a Wednesday night. <laughs> yeah. I remember distinctly. But, I uh, we <laughs> I believe we saw we saw Seer at at a uh you know a really tiny club uh that was the best because it wasn't their main stage. It, it was, was like right by their bar. It, so it was super like Vince tight. is the only one who's gonna know what this means, but we saw them at Reggie's, not at the main stage, but at the sidebar. Um, I know exactly what so, you're talking about. <laughs> it was so good to them and really Wayfair cool. together. Oh, mm-hmm. what a show! Yeah, that's a that's a great yeah. combo. Yeah. Well, I was it gonna was... say, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say it was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was gonna say, Ian, like the, your reaction to this album, kind of, it's in tandem with like yours versus my reaction to Black Braid, where mm-hmm. like, I, you know, Origins I've only listened to a couple times, but it feels a lot more like. I don't know, a bit more like, I don't want to say standard, but more like, sta- you know, for lack of a better word, standard, like modern black metal type yeah, stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Where, in the same vein as Black Braid, whereas, you know, my thing with, you know, this, this sore stuff that I like better was, you know, the earlier stuff like Aura and uh, Arsaid, the debut, however you pronounce mm-hmm. it. But like, yeah, I mean, I hope that they if they develop this, you know, newer sound further, I mean, I got to listen to it more often, but, or get more experience with it. But yeah, it's, it's an interesting, just, you know, dynamic between how they, how they were and how they're going forward. Yeah. Yeah. It's it. I mean, and, and I don't know. I really should know if this is their season of mist debut. I don't think it's, it's their not. season of mist. It's debut. their second album for season of mist. If I recall yeah, correctly, but this is, you could tell that the label that they're on has had an effect <clears throat> on their sound. And for the record season of mist are one of my favorite labels 
going right now. I'm a pretty, I just so happen to be a pretty big fan of most of the things that come out of Season of Mist, or at least when a band that I really like gets picked up by Season of Mist, I find that I like what ends up happening with them. Um, Hence this is Woods no of Desolation. Exception. What? Well, Hence I, Woods of Desolation. Absolutely. This actually and, is their Season of Mist debut. Avant-Garde music did, did yes. uh, Forgotten okay. Paths. Oh, did yeah. they? Shit. I thought the last yeah. one was on Season I was of Mist say, That was my bad. And this is, this, is, this is, you can tell that being signed to this label is, is kind of what what changed them except i i remember reading like this is the 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 label isn't really super responsible for directing the change in sound of the band this is like them giving andy the freedom to do something that's different than what's come before which again for the record has all been great but it it you end up getting a lot of the same album over and over and over again which is again is fine like I love Amonomarth. Every two or three years, Amonomarth puts out the same album that they put out two or three years ago. Fantastic. Can't get enough of it. This is something different, though. And and I think this is what I've kind of been hoping that, that they would do. Anyway, I loved this album incredibly much. It meant a lot to me uh, throughout this year. And I will always come back to the title track from this album. You know, needless to say, uh, you and Angela had no fighting over the radio in the car uh, when you guys wanted to listen to uh, the album. <laughs> no, no, there, we we never really argue about. No, music. but you know what I'm saying. I was guys, say, there's yeah. never. <laughs> the, no, but the the shared love of the album was like, oh yeah, sure, it, let's put it. It on was again. something that we could always <laughs> count on throwing on, and neither one of us would be like, mm, I don't really feel like listening to this right now. Mm-hmm. Very true. Oh, cool. Well, there we go. Way to start off your number one. Uh, Hera, you are up now. You're number one. If you know me, you know that I love Pelagic, Pelagic Records. So how could it not? My number one is Playground. It's the death of death. Another post-metal album for y'all. Um, 2022 is a hard year and will was probably one of the hardest years i think and that's coming from like 2021 which is also pretty terrible but 2022 was particularly bad and i found myself coming like more and more with two albums that offered comfort in a really weird way the death of death is an album that offers that comfort but it's like all-encompassing it envelops you and it just doesn't really want to let you go. It just keeps you rooted on the spot and just like holds you like you would need a warm security blanket. However, it's also a really deep album. I feel like Playgrounded as a band has grown a lot with this album. And you know what? It's a good, it's just a really good album overall. I wanted something that would console me. I wanted something that kept me just like, oh man, I wanted something that kept me like, here and i feel like this album is just really good at doing that you know kept me rooted on the spot so that's why the death of death is my number one not an album i have listened to but you know here on the past couple years as i've gotten to build a friendship with you 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 always strike me with how personal your album choices are 
did did yeah. this one have that same personal impact on you uh yes. like your okay that's yeah. the one thing that always moves me about your lists they always have such a strong personal connection that you know you're always very passionate about them you had I me like post- my music <laughs> yeah i like my music the way i like to connect with people personally so I like uh, if albums move me in a certain way or they just are able to keep me like something that I can always come back to. They're the kind of album that always just makes it to the top for whatever reason, which is why there's a lot of weird picks for me when it's like when I'm throwing curveballs up because the, people are like, well, why do you like this album? It's because there's something about it that just made me want to be like around like I wanted to keep this album around. And so that's why albums like playground at the death of death is kind of why it's sitting there to tackle something i feel about personally and that's why it's here you know to give a shout out i think it was anton wasn't it in our group chat who really celebrated your pick uh yeah he and he was really Sarah go hand in hand quite a bit yeah especially this year i feel like yeah yep i mean i did meet him when i saw him in new york so there Where you go. That? Oh, now you got he's a, re- he's a real boy. He's a real flesh he's and real blood boy. boy. <laughs> and he gives the best hugs. Oh. I want well, so badly that for me. You know, for all we know, he fisks me. You know, we <laughs> haven't met him yet in person. For all we know, Dan could be a great hugger too. So, Dan, what is your number one, buddy? Uh, it's go to Vince first. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I, did hung, hung, I did it again. Oh, my list. I did it again. Thank you. Thank you for calling me out as I did it again. This is is so much more funny than it is anything else. Vince, I do this every damn episode. What a terrible host. I cannot stress enough how much this is so completely normal for me. (laughs) Go ahead, Vince. I'm sorry, my friend. It is more than okay. It is more than okay. This is so funny to me. Um, (laughs) Much like Hera said, about i think one of the best qualifiers for an album is there's just something about it and my favorite album of this year was my favorite album of this year as far as heavy music goes because there is just something about it and it is pyrite's monuments to impermanence Hmm. um it is consistently been the most exciting album that i have listened to this year um it is pulling from every single direction musically that it possibly can up to and including people adding percussion by beating literal piles of garbage with stuff. Um, it is wildly inventive and completely and utterly unlike anything I've ever listened to before. And it is so successful at what it does. It is tremendous songwriting. And just it is a it is a dissertation in ruckus. I think one of the it's, best album covers of the year, hands down. Yeah, hands yeah. Down. Um, what was the name of the the person who does that? It's Caroline something or another. I think is the person responsible for that album cover. I'm gonna look at this right now. Caroline Lamb. Hmm. I do not know enough to confirm that completely. Um, Caroline Harrison is the person who does the artwork. Really phenomenal job. Um, pretty prolific artist. I see her stuff on. Um, she looks like the Baroness art style, kind of. 
Like Baisley? Almost, yeah. I can yeah. kind of see the similarities between that. A lot of like floral and sort of fungal yep. exactly yep. imagery going yep. on there. I like her stuff quite a bit. It's a very striking album cover. I have it on a t-shirt because I liked it so much, honestly. So there you go. That's my favorite album of heavy music I listened to this year. Oh, correct me if I'm wrong. Looking here, it's another debut album, right? Yep. Um, they had an EP before this, like a little demo something before this, but this is their first proper album. Look at that. A debut album, a proper album gets number one. Completely blew me away. That's, that's absolutely awesome. I love when a band does that. Yeah. From seeing them as like, in the last migration fest in Pittsburgh, they were the band that opened up the pre-show festival the, or the, like the pre-show night the day before the festival to being like my number one album of 2022 is a pretty pretty insane rise but th- th- it's it's not like anything I've ever listened to before shout out Gilead Media best in the game hands down <laughs> well not the best in the hosting game is myself screwing up the the order so Dan this you is are so now funny up. to me I cannot stress enough how amusing this is oh. <laughs> Much like Hera and uh, Vince, uh, this album, again, I will admit that a lot of this was putting together this list was uh, cramming because I hadn't listened to a whole lot of heavy stuff this year other than the stuff I normally listen to. Uh, this album just hit me like nothing nothing else this year. And like even albums like, well, maybe this is number one. I put this back on. I'm like, no, this is it. This is the best heavy album I've listened to all year. And that would be Shiki by Psy, which is phenomenal. It's a good one, buddy. It's a good one. It is phenomenal. It's like it's Celtic. It's like 80s Celtic Frost. And then it'll go into straight on black metal. It'll have parts that sound like Starless by King Crimson. It just hits so many boxes for me that are just like this album is phenomenal it is what i want to listen to when i listen to heavy metal it's adventurous it's exciting it like there's new like it just goes into places you don't expect but it works for because everything's so cohesive it's just and i've never listened to side before so now i get to go yep. dig into their discography which is even better and this album's phenomenal i i can't speak high more highly enough of it there's it's just the best heavy album I've listened to all year. It just hits, like I said, it just gets me. I like it. This is, this is what I want. (laughs) You know, I am like you, I am late to the party on them. I just found them a couple months ago, just on a random playlist. Air to despair came on (laughs) and that album, I was like, what is this? And blew me away. So I got to be excited knowing that there was a new album for them coming out. And it's just like you said, it's like throwing a ball at a wall and seeing what's what's going to stick. The, the last, yeah, like the last track has like traditional Japanese instrumentation on it. And then there's like metal riffing. And I'm like. And yes. you know what? And you hear all this and you think, man, it sounds like you're just throwing a bunch of instruments down the stairs. Like on paper, it shouldn't work. Right. But it it is done so well. It's such a cohesive vision. Yeah. So it is it is it is really, really, really something special. 
Great, great choice at number one. That also made my number nine. Well, that also made my top nine list. Just want to throw that there. It's a great pick. Thank you. Uh, so I don't skip. I will double check and triple check like Santa checking a list here. <laughs> yes. If, Colin. All right. So uh, my number one was an album that I uh, think I gushed about a little bit on our last uh, podcast last month, but it is Moonlight Sorcery Piercing Through the Frozen Veil. This is How a fucking yes. You've you've listened to it? I just listened to it yesterday. Oh, fuck yeah. I Yeah, this album, like, so after um, Stormkeep's album, Tales of Other Time from last year, which had I been uh, part of the side of the time would have absolutely been my number one for the year, I was like, I was just went on a search for, you know, symphonic slash melodic black metal that like hit the same vein as some of that like 90s stuff, but, you know, bringing the genre forward, making it more current and stuff like that. And, you know, lo and behold, just a few months later, I listened to this, you know, debut EP by this Finnish trio. And I'm like, you know, you listen to the first track or the first, you know, metal, there's a, you know, intro track, but in the metal track, you got the twinkling keys, you got like, you know, some great riffing and stuff. Then all of a sudden, these just, you know, face melting, shredding neoclassical leads on top of that. And I'm just blown the fuck away by this album. It's so cool. This um, is this is what I thought you were going to talk about when you talked about Blue Nothing. But oh, yeah. <laughs> the parallels between this and Blue Nothing are pretty, pretty, pretty concrete. Like, yeah, this is like, probably what Worm is going to end up sounding uh, like. Which would and, be fucking awesome. I want to have right? a guitarist. I want to have a shred, you know, a guitar duel between the Moonlight Sorcery guy and Phil Tugas. Oh, my God. Because yes. they're like you know almost at the same level yeah it's so cool like i mean this album it's you know icy cold you know black metal that you know straight out of the 90s but the guitar solos on, and leads on this album they just drive the music so hard you know they really you know in other bands you might have you know all right here's our solo part you know we have our rhythm track in the background you know and they the soloist does their thing then we go back to our main riff whatever but with this band the solos really drive the music in a way that's just like i haven't you know you don't hear very often out of other bands and it's just so cool and they already came up with a came out with a second ep which like so i got the promo for it but then they released it digitally, like just through their own bandcamp a little while later. But they're they're on avant-garde music. They got signed right after this EP that I'm talking about. Uh the first one, Piercing Through the Foes of Veil, came out. They got signed to Avant-Garde, you know, right away to get you know physical stuff out. And so there's an avant-garde physical release of the second EP coming out, and I'm like, uh, well, I'll still do the review for it, but you know, it's like, well, is this a 2022 thing? Because it was up for streaming in 2022, but then it's physically being released in 23. But anyway, so the second EP is cool as well. It's not as good as this one, but I think it's a little is bit that, of a Is that the Conqueror from the Stars? Yes, yeah. Nightwind Conqueror from the Stars, which that's the one where they went a little more like uh, Follow the Reaper, Children of Bodom era oh, to me is what it sounds oh, like. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, like there's... There's, so it's it's only a four track EP. There's three original tracks, and then the fourth track is a cover of a Greek band called Agatus. But the third track, it's called Constellations. It's all instrumental. I, I think I spoke about this on the last podcast, but like there's some riffs in it that's like 
just directly taken from like follow the reaper children of bottom i'm like that has to be like it's so on it's so spot on that it's like it can't be just a coincidence they had to be doing like a little you know alexi leo tribute there but i hope that the you know because they're coming out with a full length at some point hopefully this year they're, they're in the process of writing it i'm hoping that the EP that the full length goes a little bit back to the first EP, but either way, I'm really excited because this is, you know, like, you know, same with, you know, Vince's pick, like a debut, you know, a band, their debut album, not only a debut album, but it's a debut EP, you know, it's only like 25 minutes, but it's my number one, just because it like floored me that hard. It was exactly what I wanted out of this year where you're getting, you have this really, you know, great symphonic, melodic black metal stuff going on, but then just these, solos on top of it just like brought it up into the stratosphere it's really fucking cool colin when 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 you say symphonic stuff i remember when i was on the the dimu train when death call armageddon came out i was like holy shit this is amazing is are we talking that symphonic is is it not not really i would say i mean it's it's a lot more subdued. It's not like where you've I get I, mean, I guess a more modern like reference would be like or frame of reference would be like Carrick Angren, where it's like, you know, they have a full on mm. you know symphony type of thing in the background, or not even black metal, but like septic flesh death metal. It's not like that at all. It's really just like you've got, you know, black metal with like really heavy, you know. I guess you'd just say orchestral kind of keys in the background, but I mean, with this band specifically, the the, the black metal part of it, you know, it's not like lo-fi, like you know, trash can drums type stuff. Like it's still pretty. Like it was produced by uh, what's his name, Henry Servali from uh, Moon Sorrow, and so like he was the he did the like mastering on both of their EPs and stuff. So it's like it's still the raw black metal, still, like fairly raw, but it's not, you know, not as bad as it could be you know and it's it's more about the keys in the back you know they're more subdued i guess you you know it's kind of like how i mean like uh emperor you know nights of eclipse i would mm-hmm. that's still considered a symphonic black metal album but it's you know it's not it's not like dimu or carrick angren yep. or whatever you know it's the you've got this like to get the, the symphonic keys in the background kind yeah of. they're they're more the keys in the background but it's still more about the riffs and stuff like that which yeah. and with these guys is definitely more uh, mostly about the riffs and the solo somewhere especially. in the background chris voss is screaming out about raw black metal but uh dark I, throne I love- was his number two album of the year which <laughs> shout out dark throne they put out an impeccable album <laughs> yeah I, I love my raw black metal but this this thing is just a whole different animal and i'm i'm very glad i stumbled upon it and I'm glad I'm glad you found out about it too, Ian, even if it's at the end of I, the year. I was checking in on like other sites end of year stuff and I see this thing pop up. I'm like, how the fuck is this EP getting so much praise? And I was like, I I for for purely insane reasons that only make sense to me, I like I don't really I like to include one EP and one EP only on my like write-up. But I was like okay so many people don't think like me and they're like yeah fucking eps are fair game and they're all talking about this one and i was like it can't be that good right so i took the dog for a walk yesterday and i put this thing on and i was like holy fucking shit this thing rips like this is the kind of stuff that made me like want to start playing music when i was a kid like if 
if I was 15 years old and I found this EP, this would be the greatest thing that ever happened to me. Hmm. And man. definitely check out the next, the second EP because I mean, it's you already had up me at streaming. Follow the Reaper, man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you had me at Follow the Reaper. That's yeah. all you need to say. A bottom, a bottom reference goes over well here. <laughs> well, yeah, glad to hear that. Yeah, that's uh, uh, when when my wife wants to uh, let you know the things are about to happen. She just says Follow the Reaper, and I'm like, what, what? So okay, <gasps> um. Angela. Yes. Number um, one. My top album for this year is Zeal and Arter's self-titled album. I don't even know where to begin with this album. I just really love it. <laughs> um, it's my most listened to album this year, and I even landed in their top 0.5% of listeners on Spotify. Oh, um, oh look <laughs> so, at you. Yeah, listen to it a lot. Um, <laughs> and just it's just so fucking good. Um, like Hera said, I love the like industrial aspects to it and just every moment of it. I just really love seeing them live was one of the highlights of my year. His vocal range had my jaw dropping and his stage presence did not disappoint. Like just seems like somebody that you can just like chill with. Um, he you is, know, he's he taking... so fucking funny. He's taking a sip of his drink and he goes, I'm just going to take a little sippy poo right here. <laughs> I just, oh my God, just love him to death. Um, hearing Death to the Holy Live cemented it as my favorite song released this year. I fucking love that song. Um, that was, I think, my most played song this year. Um, and just, I, yeah. yeah, I can confirm that because anytime I'm in any room of the house, <laughs> there's a nine out of 10 chance that I'm going to hear Death to the Holy through the walls or the floor or depending on where you are in proximity to me. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, there's a lot I can say about it, but I just, I don't know, just love it. It just sounds good in my brain. And <laughs> um, I just love everything that he makes. So. I That's... mean, Wake, Wake of a Nation really set the bar for oh the future of the, like, I loved, I loved Stranger Fruit. But Wake mm -hmm. of the Nation was like literally that was what took them off in a direction that was like there is no going back from this now. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. You know, I for sorry for a band that started as a joke on 4chan, look at them now. Like for real, look at them now. You know, I was I was going to say something like that. The 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 praise that that they get seems to be universal too. Non-metal people, metal people, they seem to catch the eyes of a bunch of people. I mean, he he's just a really talented guy. I mean, his other band or side project, Bird Mask, is really good too. Um, yeah, if if you guys aren't familiar, definitely check that out. But yeah, yeah, he's just so talented. <clears throat> Anything else, my friend? All good. Well, you know, I like to have my face melted since, you know, Dan, Colin, I don't know if you guys play any instruments here like Vince and Ian do and 
you know, and we're surrounded by musicians like Chris Voss plays guitar and stuff, and he's released a couple albums. We're surrounded here by a bunch of artists and people who dabble. I don't play a lick of anything. Um, guitar Hero is where I let out, and I can't even do Carry Home Wayward Son. You know, I'm I can barely get through that on easy. Um, with that said, I love people who melt my face and just like a like a, a horror movie like a cheap b horror movie i just like to have my face just melted with riffs and that said dave davidson of revocation is my all-time favorite guitarist and revocation this layer this year released nether heaven and is a longtime fan of the band maybe there is some bias here but this is revocation's best album in many years in my opinion and nether heaven is my album of 2022 it's it's a good one if you like tech death uh, like i do dave davidson is a guy who knows his instrument inside and out every aspect of it down to a technical aspect right to to the wirings of his pickups to the type of output jack that he uses every note of every string on that fretboard he knows his shit inside and out and it shows and i know i know vince and i are you know sorry not vince I wish I could include my brother Vince in this. No, about... sorry. This album doesn't do it for me. <laughs> I, know. I will say Dave Davidson, in addition to knowing his instrument, has a, a keen eye for matching his kicks to the color of his guitar. That is what I will say about this album. <laughs> I enjoyed that. <laughs> but I meant to say Ian is my only brother in tech here. Oh, no, never mind. Hera oh, yes, also. Uh, the only, the only yes. brother in How tech. How dare yes, you? Yes, the only, yes. Sorry, Hera, who, you know, is my podcast co-host, which we will be I will be reviving technically inclined for next year. But that being said, this album is a really, 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 really good tech death album. Really good. Um it's it's amazing. Really quick, I want to put you guys on the spot. That wraps up our 2022 oh. album of the year picks. <laughs> if we have a song of the year, if you can quickly get to a song of the year, because we are here at three hours now, even though I do all the editing and there's not much to edit here because look at us, we're just perfect. I know. Um, I know I am. Thank you. You've been a great addition. <laughs> if we can list out a song of the year, if you need a minute, I'm going to break the mold here and I'm going to go first because give you guys someone to think of. It could be anything for you. This is going to be off of the band ignite. They're self-titled. This is anti-complicity anthem. Fuck yeah, man. I was going to say, didn't you review this album for the site? This song has been driving me fucking crazy all year. God, I love this fucking song. I love ever since I interviewed them and I got the promo. This song has been on repeat. I love it. 
It, it oh my god it is everything that skate punk should be forever and ever amen i feel ian i'm so glad you just mentioned that my friend i feel like i could close my eyes and i feel like i'm dropping into tony hawk again it is tony hawk's pro skater core and that is the fucking medal of honor yep. for what i can say about a song if i say that a song sounds like it belongs in the tony hawk's pro skater soundtrack there is no higher praise <laughs> under the sun that i can give to a song Okay, and I do have to say this is all with a grain of sand, though. This is my greatest metal song, but the greatest song I've heard in decades is Daytona Sand by Orville Peck. That's all I got to say. Ian, you're up Let's now. Fucking oh, go. Buke, you took the words right out of my fucking <laughs> mouth, man. Let's oh, fucking I no, fucking... but you know what? If Maybe if I would have to say, maybe Let Me Drown if I'm feeling sappy. I The, the video for Let Me Drown. Yes, the and, video oh, for Let, let again, Me Drown. I'm is... going to stop myself right there oh. before this gets way out of hand <laughs> daytona sand great fucking song yeah. anti-complicity okay. anthem great song yeah. um i think i'm gonna have to give i mean if we want to talk about individual songs being popped out it's hard for me to decide on one but it's got to be one of the new a pregnant light songs that has dropped this year what because... a fucking what a fucking year Davian Master has had. And none of them are going to end up on the new A Pregnant Light album. These, these are, are all the, besides. These are the side quests <laughs> to the new A Pregnant Light album that's going to come out next year. These are the songs that didn't make the cut. Yeah. And for the record, it's going to be Beast About for me. Oh, I was going to say for me, it's probably Too Pure or Eating Emeralds. One Again, of those two. It could be if Eating I Emeralds. But it's going to be Beast About. I said Gun, it in January, and I'm saying it again. This Gun is my, my favorite song that I have heard this fucking year. Gun to my head, it's probably too pure. I'll say that. However, since don't stop. Yeah, for real. Okay. Hera, I'm putting you on the spot. You got a song of the year? Uh, Do I have a song of the year? The answer is most likely not. Uh, okay. But the one wait, but the one song I do think about, it's by a little Turkish band called You May Kiss the Bride. And the song is in Turkish. It's called um Sahirli Dadaklad. I wanna bring up this song for the sole reason that please God, please give me a You May Kiss the Bride album. Please, oh God, I need more Turkish metalcore in my life. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, and you know what? And That's manifest why... that shit. Put it on the whiteboard. Hell yeah! What a what a, what a great pick. That's why I I I just wanted to bring this in because I love how we're all Turkish over the board. Wild. Yeah. I want this for wild, you. right? Okay, Vince. Thank you. Again, um, as far as as far as heavy songs go, I am gonna stick with it, and I am gonna say it is a pregnant lights beast about when the blast beats on that song hit. It is it's fucking violence. It's. There single-handedly i think my favorite moment of music that i have heard and i have been listening to it non-stop for 12 straight months <laughs> we were on we were like in discord playing video games when you told me to listen to that song and there was a moment where he recognized that the blast beats kicked in because my face completely changed and i was just like oh fuck it is a it is a jaw-dropping moment of music from one of five jaw-dropping moments of music that you can sample from A Pregnant Light this year alone. There, You could pick any random song that he released in 2022 and say that it was the best song from this year, and I would believe you uncritically. But for me, it's gotta be Beast About. 
so fucking good. Other than that, my favorite song that I released or that my favorite song that I listened to this year was not released this year. Um, it is Breather by Chapter House, which is an early 90s shoegaze song that has wormed its way directly into the deep center of my brain and will not let me go. According to Spotify, it is the song that I listened to the most this year, and it's because I have listened to it for months nonstop at a time. It is hmm. crazy how good that song is. What's okay. the name of the song, Vince? It's called Breather by Chapter House. Breather. Okay, I'm going to check that out. That sounds dope. The The album as a whole kind of left me wanting a little bit of something else. It's a little bit mm -hmm. more like uh, acid rock than it is shoegaze that I really like. But that song is one of the most unbelievable songs I think I've ever heard in my life. All right. Dan, I know we didn't give you enough time to prep for this, but do you have a song of the year that you listen to maybe more than others or a song you want to throw out there? I am. I'm going to go back to Boris because I'm looking at my last FM because I am an old ass man. Um, oh, I love some last FM. Um, anyways, oh, yeah. uh, it is Boris's Drowning by Numbers off yeah, W. That's a, it's is, a good one. It, 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 going off the shoegaze, it is very the guitar Wada's guitar is so swirly on it it's just like washed in reverb and then you have her vocals which are like ghostly it's like they're very high pitched but it's like kind of like this childlike it's just like and it just keeps building and it's got like the dance beat kind of going on in the background it is <sighs> I love her so much i you quietly believe that she might be one of the best guitarists going right now oh absolutely she's one of the best I, guitarists i of fully generation. believe in wada supremacy <laughs> uh, i also have an instagram folder that is anytime she posts any of her nintendo like merch that she puts on <laughs> wada with the halter plush is an image that i hold very dear to my heart desperately it's like, it's like if you go if boris is in town back when Nintendo DS, you could do the walk-bys. You would see her on the walk-by. <laughs> she is simply the realist. That's awesome. Yeah. Colin? Do you have yeah. a black metal song that uh, killed your veins? <laughs> yeah, well, I already mentioned it earlier, but my song of the year would be to plead like angels by predatory light just uh it's just, it just fucking hits so hard just that that riff that main riff um you know even the the middle of the song too when it slows down a little bit it's just yeah it's incredible yeah i that's a song where you guys you know mul multiple people mentioned like songs or you know albums where you just listen to it and then it's like oh well i'm just gonna i just gotta listen to this thing over and over again that's how i am with that song specifically like all four of the tracks on that album are great but i will just play the last two which is what the third track is the title track and the fourth track is to be like angels i'll just play those two over and over again because it just hits everything that i need to with that album it's fucking awesome there we go. That's that's awesome. Yeah, I, I'm starring all these as we go, making a little playlist I'm gonna listen to. I really want to know what you think about that Predatory Light album because I'm really yeah, I'm really curious. Yeah, I, I am going to listen to it. Angela, you will finish off everything. 
floor. Um, I have, well, I, finish him. Um, I already said Death to the Holy is definitely my favorite metal song of this year, um, but I'm going to throw a non-metal one in there as well, and that's uh, Heaven is Here by Florence and the Machine. It's a very short song. It's just under two minutes, but it's just so raw and just so fucking good. She can do no wrong. I love her, but um, yeah. Well, Those are my two. Did you know that she was part of Scott? No. <laughs> Yeah, right? Oh, shit. <laughs> no, 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 no. She's amazing. She would never. <laughs> Florence and the Machine, huh? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, what, what are yeah, you going to throw my... out your favorite pick from Taylor Swift's latest album, Buke? <laughs> okay, well, you know, see, the thing is, guys and gals and everybody listening, <laughs> if you have an eight-year-old, your Spotify, an eight-year-old and your wife, your Spotify rerun looks like Hurtwave. This is Taylor Swift, Midnight's 3 a.m. edition, Descendants 1, 2, and 3, Zombies. So my medics, my Does, metrics. You're, you're on- telling me your eight-year-old daughter listens to the Descendants? That is so fucking cool. Yeah. Ask her she, what her opinion on Milo yo, goes to college is. <laughs> she loves Descendants. Um, absolutely. We are not thinking of the same awesome. Descendants, I'm you sure. The Disney, the Disney, Disney Descendants. movie? Disney Descendants. Yeah. Oh, I thought you yeah. meant the old punk band descent. That's what I thought. I no. was like, that is the coolest eight-year-old ever. Oh, God. He no, is eight years old. Little girl's cooler than I am. No, I t- no, she's this is Disney descendants. She's still a, a little princess, guys. She's, goes to college. she's almost old enough to listen to Milo Goes to College. <laughs> You know, you had me stepping back for a second there. I was like, okay, what? Maybe she's into something. So um. Okay. Does anybody have anything else? Well, Buke, what was your favorite song from this year? Anti-complicity anthem. Oh yeah, you went first. Right. That's right. But you know what? I, I, you know, it's to to bring it back. I was if I if I look at my Spotify rewind and what I listened to, actually. I listen to Mastodon a lot. I I was kind of lukewarm on their album last year. It took some time. And Mastodon's one of my favorite bands. Pushing the Tides was my most listened to song this year. I, was, I love that song. I was song. actually thinking, I was going to say, like, we are all, for the most part, Spotify users here. So, like, when you did your rep, like, what was your most played song? Like, not necessarily your favorite, but the one that you listened to the most. It was ruined by my wife. It was Taylor Swift's. 10 minute version of one of her songs. Cool. Taylor Swift post rock edition. Here for it. <laughs> but you know, I hate to say you know, I don't want to say it's obviously jokingly ruined, but you know, my I I I take a back seat. Uh I let my wife play her music. That's why because... you gotta get on that Spotify duo shit. Yeah, that way yeah. now Angela doesn't ruin my recommendations with her graphic based music. <laughs> I'm like um, this rude. I'm like this all the time. Stop. Back in the pit with you, sir. <laughs> I love you. Okay. Uh-huh. I want to say hold on. considering the hold on, one quick thing. Considering the fact that my favorite song of this year on Spotify was basically a 2021 song of an album I really, really got into this year. Yes, Ian, you're going straight into the Hungarian pit again. <laughs> oh yeah, there was a lot of Hungarian <laughs> depression on your on your year-end list. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because, you know, actually looking here, number one is a, actually a chemist song. Looking now, we're after all the... It's chemists. Then we don't talk about Bruno. 
then that sounds about right. <laughs> then Daytona Sand. So yeah, that what, sounds what about right. What kind of song? Immaculate top three right there. Uh, Vernal Gate. Very nice. Chemist is my number two band after Opeth, so it's only fitting that the Chemist is up there. Um. Okay. I want to get. I want to take a moment here and get a little personal here, and I want to say to every one of each of you here, you all have families, partners, spouses, um, jobs. I know we don't make a dime for this, uh, and our listeners can all hear this as a reminder. Thank you for taking the time out to write a, a single line, to write a word, to write even a letter for this site, to write a paragraph, to write a weekly content or monthly, or just show up and participate in, in any way. You guys bring, and gals and everybody, bring so much joy to myself, to our listeners, to the fans, to anybody who finds our silly podcast here or our website. Um, thank you for this. Truly. It's the, we have the greatest group in, in, in staff here from the conversations that go on in the background to our monthly chats where, you know, we tell Vince how good, you know, tech death is and he's missing out to, you know, podcast recommendations, you know, board game recommendations to books from Hera. You know, we we have a great group here. And Dan and Colin, it's great to have you guys aboard. And I look forward to another year uh, with the Nine Circles family here. So Let's thank you. Go. Yep. I you want to guys. jump in and say it's a pleasure, Buke, first of all. Second of all, you've been killing it with your interviews. They're so good. You always Thank do you. an amazing job. Consist and consistently do you sell yourself time, short. Buk, your voice is like a warm hug. It's so comforting. <laughs> I just love it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I, I, you know, I... I'm a little different here being retired with my dis disability and my heart failure. You know, I have a lot more time on my hands, but I, you know... We have things that pull us away in life and you guys and gals, you know, just to, to give the time to write what you do and to come up with weekly content and try and stay fresh and your reviews are all home run. You know, so many stock reviews are just, you know, what an author is going to say, but you guys bring humor and and insight and you show up every month to you know with here bright-eyed bushy tails to do the podcasts and you listen to my interviews and everything so thank you for reading everybody's reviews thank you for visiting ninecircles.co i speak for everybody here when i love each and every one of us i we love our listeners if you're here for the first time, if you're here for the thousandth time, if you were here when Vince and Hera were doing it before I was here and before Angela was here, if you were here before Ian was here, if you followed me from my old Metalheads podcast before I abandoned that and joined here, if, however you found us, 
thank you. Uh, thank you to Corey, uh, to Chris, to Josh, to everybody who keeps the lights on in the background. Hold, to, holding to, it fucking down. To, to we gotta Dan. Give it. We got to give it. Yeah, we thank you. We got to give it to our overlords. Thank you to everybody who gives us a platform for this. We all do this just for the love of it. Um, in 2023, you know, the world's continuing to be open more and more bands are getting out there and touring. So let's make 2023 another awesome year. If anybody support wants to your, say... Support your local concert venues. Support your local bands. Go, if you are able to, and you have the gumption, go see some shows. Because... The bands need support right now. Check yep. them out on Bandcamp. Buy stuff. Buy physical stuff. Don't and, just stream it on Spotify. And, you know, we always say this here. We don't make a dime off. And this is not a plead for, you know, give us money. No, we're not here for that at all. We do we're this for the love. We're still waiting for me undies to properly sponsor this show. We do this for the love of it. Ads. <laughs> yes. If, if Orville Peck wants to spend the night at my place it's okay i'll do it for the site it's okay it's okay he's gonna every do day. what he has to do <laughs> every day i have to restrain myself from saying things that will get us immediately demonetized before we even have sponsorships so all i'm going to say is orville peck hello <laughs> hello um Thank you for every, everything you do. I'm telling you, Ian, Hera, Dan, Colin, Angela. And I one last thing. If you want to join us in, in get early access to music and, and shows. And if you, if you are a writer, if you're a photographer, if you are like me and have, you know, the gift of gab, if you just, if you want to do something in the metal realm, we, we welcome you with open arms. We're really not a scary bunch. You can look, Dan stuck around for more than a couple of days. <laughs> don't don't make promises I'm not gonna keep. <laughs> Rude. Okay. Thanks for sticking around for a couple hours tonight. For Ian, for Hera, for Vince, for Angela, for Colin and Dan, I am Buke. Please thank you and be safe in the new year. <laughs> <laughs>